So welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast where we will be tackling the previews catalogs. Um, just in case this is your first time listening with regards to the comic industry, previews are basically a way of um, letting retailers know what is coming out a couple of months in advance. And then it's our job to obviously let you guys know what's coming out. Um, now, when you have the previews books, there's the guts of, I would say, two to 3,000 titles amongst all three books, the DC, Marvel, and indie books. So we just like to try and um, cherry pick out what we think are the best titles, the ones to look out for, the most interesting ones. Um, when we first started doing this, it was just my opinion, but that was just 100% DC all the time. So I'm always happy to be joined by... Keith here, and I'm Roddy too. As always, so it's um, Roddy yeah. too. The sequel. Yeah. I, I think Roddy. he feels like a new man today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he feels a bit oh, of a rebirth today after after last night. Even yes. Roddyer. <laughs> Roddy too. Even Roddyer. <laughs> Coming to a comic store near you from Fracture Press. <laughs> How are you guys keeping that all good? Yeah, yeah, good, good. It's been a busy, busy working week. Uh, so glad to be. Sitting here drinking a few beers and talking about comic books. Yeah, good people. exactly. Well, I uh, had a few beers last night too, so I'm <laughs> feeling a bit uh, under the weather. But um, hopefully, you don't look it. Hopefully, oh, thanks. Hopefully, some comics can uh, change change the course of my mood. I mean, you'd probably look better right now if I hadn't left you standing outside my door for ten minutes. You know, right. while it poured down In the, the rain. rain. Pouring rain. Yeah. Keith and I just left there. I had to go and get Keith beers, and then you he brought his own anyway. <laughs> But um, yeah, as I say, we're just going to go through the previous books. Um, How did the second birthday of the store go? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, yeah, so anyone who was down at the store, um, we're recording this on a Sunday. Um, the previous Saturday was our second birthday, um, which has flown by two years. Um, store's getting bigger and better, I like to think. We're getting more people through the door. There's people still discovering us. Um, yesterday alone and on the birthday as well, we must have had at least 30 to 40 new people walking through the door. Um, so some new pull list set up, yeah. stuff like that. So people seem to be digging what we're, what we're doing. And, you know, we're always trying to improve the store, always trying to look for new ideas and stuff like that. So we have a few, few wee things in the pipeline we might do very, very soon. Um, but yeah, the, the birthday was really good and onwards and upwards from here. So Brilliant. the beginning of year three, geez. Yeah. <laughs> same, same with the podcast too, isn't it? Um, got a lot of nice feedback about it. Um, yeah, people seem to be digging this as well. And, you know, we, we like to throw as much content out as yeah. we can, whether it's, you know, movie reviews, book reviews, which has started a bit of discussion in the store recently, which is good. Um, obviously, the previews we've been doing for a while. And the review show as well so I'm always um, so grateful that these guys give up their time and their knowledge and you know just I'd, uh, I'd love to hear what everybody thought of the, some thoughts on Secret Wars it was indeed yeah first book club was Mr. Miracle second was Secret Wars um, the Secret Wars one listening back to it I like I, I do listen back to every podcast we do and there are some that are I think are more enjoyable than others and I thought the Secret Wars one was good yeah it was yeah, um, yeah. flowed really nicely you know, it was nice to imagine, you know, baby Keith picking up his first comic book, you know, and then, of course, Spider-Man going, wee. So, you know, it's uh, the Secret Wars one was good. And there have been a few people have mentioned to me listening to it and stuff. So the book club, I think, is one that will go from strength to strength. And I think it's one that opens up a lot of avenues for us to read new stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, because the book club won't just be about stuff that we enjoy it might be about stuff none of us have read, yeah, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. we'll see how we get on. So and uh, certainly uh, I have a. I've read the, the the book for the next one, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks yeah. for that, Roddy. Yeah, 
Yep. Who knew? Who knew he had good taste? I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the next uh, book club won't be too far away, and it will be a it'll be a good conversation yeah. about a really good book. So. Yeah, but uh, no, we'll focus on previews for today. Um, we're going to kick off things with the indie side of things, um, just to shake it up a bit, you know, with Roddy feeling a bit tender, we thought, get him talking, <laughs> get him going, so... Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's let's do it then. Um, so we're going to kick off with Image and what could be arguably the biggest book of the month, which is Spawn and number 300. Oh, wow. Yeah. So something that I'm painfully aware none of us really read yeah, I I read Spawn in the nineties. I picked it up. There was like British, like UK reprints um, mm-hmm. and and squarebound books mm-hmm. that that quickly fell apart. They both fall apart now because of squarebound. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on that particular company, they just crap the glue, glue fell apart. Whatever else, I think, were, I think it was Panini. Yeah, um, uh, stick, but, to making, uh, stick to making stickers. World Cup yeah, sticker books. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and fine Italian bread products. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, so it's been a long time since I've read Spawn. Long, long time. Those were the first, like maybe twelve issues or something. Yeah, it's one of those ones I genuinely do harbour an interest in getting yeah. into. And yeah, I, I'm such a completionist that the only way I know I would get into it is reading it from the start. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could, you know, start it. If someone said like issue 150 is a perfect jumping on point, the OCD <laughs> nature of my reading habits means I would have to start at the start. So yeah. Um, I've got. Well, I was going to say fond memories of watching the animated series, but I don't think they're fond. Their stuff gave me nightmares when I was younger. <laughs> used to be on Bra- Bravo or Bravo, something, maybe, I think. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, maybe it's a good, definitely a good uh, collector's sort of thing. There's like the covers alone go down to cover J. So uh, there's a little. Is, is the cover that's in the book, is that the A cover? That's the A yeah, cover. That's so that's. A big play on Amazing Spidey 300. It's a big riff on Amazing 300, yeah. So, absolutely. It's uh, first appearance of Venom, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. Well. So, yeah, Spawn's doing yeah. The, the Spidey pose, I guess. The Tom McFarlane drew the Spider-Man. He drew the Spider-Man, yeah. 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 So, um, there's a lot of love, obviously, in it. There's It's written by Todd McFarlane and Scott Snyder. The artists are Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo, Jason Sean Alexander, J. Scott Campbell, and Jerome Opena. Um, yeah, like, it's what a what a run it's the the i think it's the longest running independent series 18 hidden 300 issues is it, yeah. we'll see if uh walking dead can, can walking dead actually it. isn't number two though um savage dragon's been going longer it's still uh, going eric larson, eric larson it's yeah. two, it's, i think it's yeah. in the 250s at this point wow. uh walking dead is relatively young at 15 years and 192 issues um but yeah for an indie comic to go this long is exceptional yeah um Again, that, that list of artists are a veritable who's who. Jason Sean Alexander, he's currently on the main Spawn title. J. Scott Campbell, traditionally more of a cover artist, but what's interesting for this is McFarlane said anyone who wanted to do covers had to do some interior art as well. Okay. So J. Scott Campbell will be doing a bit of that. And so do you know, is it um, I think sort of like a wee anthology? I think so. Or? I think they'll take their lead from the likes of Detective 1000, Action 1000. I think anthology is the way to go with it. Yeah, um, I anthologies. I know that, uh, <laughs> I know that Schneider's co-writing some of it, um, which is quite interesting. Um, and then yeah just I wanted to throw a shout out there to Jerome Opina brilliant artist that does a great series called Seven to Eternity with Rick Remander wonderful artist so I think that'll be it'll be a bit of an event book Um, whether it'll be as big as something like Detective Action or a title we'll discuss later for Marvel Um, we'll see but we've we've a few fans in store it's been been a long I can't even I can't even remember 
what Spawn's origin was or what the story was, never mind what it is now, 300 issues in. I do wonder with that cover obviously being an homage to Amazing 300, I've never thought of Spawn as such a versatile character, shall we say. Spidey is flexible, you know, yeah. and I'm ne- I've never thought of Spawn that way, so... You just don't think his limbs move, you just think he's always yeah. stoic and... <laughs> and hiding in the yeah. shadows, you know, so... But uh, yeah, as I say, with a, with a few Spawn fans in store, so I'm sure that'll, that'll be a good one sell well yeah. as well um, there's a series called Coffin Bound which uh, is it probably the biggest number one for Image so it looks like a new series by Dan Waters and an artist just called Danny um, looks sort of like Mad Maxi um, I believe it is if you like Grindhouse vibes of Bitch Planet and the high stakes of sorry and the high stakes action of Tokyo Ghoul you'll love Coffin Bound so looks sort of Blood soaked, really kind of dark and twisted. Um, looks good. Got a bit of a western yeah. vibe to looks, it as yeah. well. Like looking at the art, I'm intrigued. Yeah, we've got a wild west thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dan Waters does um, Sandman books, doesn't he? Uh, Lucifer, or, I think. Uh, and I'm not too sure what else he's done. He's done a few good He did a series called Limbo for Image 2, but that's a few years old now. Pretty violent. That's, so, uh, he was. Pretty violent was one that Vicky was looking forward to. The preview pages look very sort of Scotty Young, I Hate Fairyland sort of style. <laughs> they really do, don't they? Um, now, it's write, written by uh, Derek Hunter and Jason Young. I don't know if Jason Young is a relative of Scotty Young. Just based on the style, maybe we're just putting two and two together and getting four. But um, He's the, the writer yeah. of I Hate Fairyland. And writer of Jason Young, I Hate Fairyland. Yeah, so he obviously... Um, as co-creator or co-writer with um, Scotty Young on that title like so there's um, on the cover that you got pretty violent but then just underneath it's dot 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 with a lot of swears <laughs> so I think you know what you're going to get <laughs> the, the main character is called Gamma Ray Gamma Ray wants to be a superhero and why shouldn't she she's been strong since she was a baby the only problem is all her siblings are notorious hero murdering criminals <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah, so looks, looks like it could be fun um, looks a bit uh Reminds me of Hit Girl. There's a very um, brutal looking Ryan Otley cover. That, I knew that was a Ryan Otley yeah. cover. I knew that was a Ryan Otley. So Otley much head. blood. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think there's probably a good chance that that's going to be really good. Um, got like a really cartoony style, but it's obviously going to be very uh, violent too. So, moving on to one that I was one of my recommendations on the board. Um, it's going to have to attempt to pronounce this name so apologies if I get it wrong so. well, we'll all give it our go and we'll okay. see <laughs> well you can go first Alan it kind of looks to me like Ophiuchus Ophiuchus I think it's I think it's or would the pH be a, like an F and be Ophiuchus I think it's mm. a it's a, a a strange spelling of the word Ophiuchus mm. uh, as in you know an officious event yeah uh, oh okay yeah okay well um, just gonna Basically, so it's an original graphic novel for Image, so I'm very excited by it. Um, I'm interested by the the blurb, which is, if you like the art of Steven Universe and the science fiction scope of Prism Stalker, you'll love this. Um, so it's a story of a lone sentry of an ancient inactive gate. One day a strange being breaks through and infects her with a virus. Shortly after, she is approached by two machines who implore her to follow them to the center of the universe to put an end to that virus, a malevolent being which rots all worlds. Sounds pretty cool, very science, uh, like sort of mixes science fiction and fantasy. And if you get to see the the preview art, which is, um, there's 
think. Um, actually, the writer, there's the writer and artist are a duo. So it's Ali Lereger de la Plante and Natasha Tara Petrovic. So very excited. Um, really interesting. I don't art. think I've ever seen any arts look like that. It's a wee um, bit like. Um, Oh God, I can't even remember. It's one of those Adventure Time dealios, like one of the, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Steven Universe is quite. Adventure um, Time. I'm sure there'll yeah. be people screaming at me right now, but it is quite Adventure Timey from what I've or seen. Super open. bad. That's sort of yeah. It's a wee bit of a. But it looks good. Um, price point is sixteen ninety nine uh, in dollars. So that's a higher price point for images, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's with this GM, with this one, yeah. this is an original graphic, so it's not a case of. Uh, you know, six issues, and then this comes out. So this is yeah. obviously being written specifically for the uh, the graphic novel format. So yeah, it looks it looks really cool. I'm very excited for that one. Um, a lot of pinks and purples and cool colors in that mm. one. So and from pinks and purples to black to, and white and uh, red, something very bleak. Another um, OGM. So this one, what? Yeah, um, this one. I'll pass it over to Alan because he—it was his pick on the board. So well, this he, was my pick, and then Keith's pick, and then he went, "Oh crap, you've got it on the board." And then Roddy's pick, "Oh crap, you both tried <laughs> yeah, to pick yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is one that just the—it uh, just caught my eye straight away, just because of the um, like I love historical books. I love ones that um, you know, this one's called Simon Says Nazi Hunter. Volume one, which is interesting for an original graphic novel. Usually, they don't state volume one of something like this. Yeah. It's a case of we'll see how it does. So there's obviously you have you have the feeling there's more story to tell here. Um, this is one that I've recommended based on the preview art and the blurb, but Roddy has actually lent me the first issue of it because yeah. it was a Kickstarter. Um, oh, which right, I bet, okay. yeah. Right. So very excited. I really, I really loved it when I read it. Um, it was really, really interesting story um, when it was kickstarted out of interest was it kickstarted as we're going to do one issue and if it does well yeah, we're going to do the graphic the, no I think a little bit like um, what was the one recently it was um, one that we all got um, oh god the name escapes me it was like an animal metal shark bro oh yes yeah, yeah. because it was an issue one Sky comics thing, yeah. Isn't it? yeah but it's an issue one and then it's going to be a graphic no yeah. i think they wanted to do from what i remember with the updates they just wanted to do each issue on kickstarter and then i believe image they just got talking to image and then image said they wanted to do yep a graphic novel with it, it. Yep. so um cool. i'll maybe tell you a bit about it so if you don't know um an artist forced to paint swastikas on train cars for the Nazis during the Holocaust has become an unlikely vigilante in pre-Cold War Europe. Alongside his army companion, Bruno, he hunts down the criminals responsible for murdering his wife, his family, and his people. Simon Says is one part action-adventure, one part crime noir, and high-stakes drama. So, if you like... You had me at Nazi Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you look, um, as always... Um, Previous books are in the store. Yeah, have a look. Always in there. Um, there's a little bit of Sin City there on the covers. It's like starkly black and white. M much more realistic though. I mean, yeah, Sin City yeah. is very hyper stylized. Um, you've got like the little touches of red, uh, like bleeding in, I guess, to the to the pages. It looks really fantastic. Really excited to see where Aww. they go from it. Uh, this is an early solicit, just um, as well. This will actually be out in September. Um, these are more oh, for the August books, but I just spotted it there, <laughs> September 18th. So, um, but yeah, I think that's going to be a fantastic yeah, title. Absolutely. It um, reminds me of that. Um, what was it? Uh, 
was that book uh, Six Days that mm-hmm. was another original graphic yeah. novel um, for the go set in World War 2 that was a really good one so I, I'm all for like historical um, and that period of history is probably the one I'm most interested in so yeah, yeah it looks, looks a real stunner so excited for that and then this I have turned the page and I'm going to pass you to Keith this, this, is, uh, this is another one that yeah, uh, Roddy recommended all, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Keith beat him to it yeah absolutely it's, I mean I've I really, yeah, I've got a, a real love background with fantasy and a real love for fantasy stuff. So, um, whenever you see a fantasy comic by Daredevil writer Chip Zdarsky and uh, Spider Man Life Story indeed, writer, yes. Invaders and, writer, uh, and uh, Runaways artist, which is uh, Chris Anka, and then the, the colorist from, I guess, was it Paper Girls? Is the colorist Matt Wilson? Matt Wilson yeah. So, this it's a uh, the white trees uh, and it's subtitled a, a black sand tail. It's going to be a perfect bound, um, two two perfect bound forty page releases. Yeah, um, oversized follows, issues. Uh, yeah, it follows high fantasy. It follows three former heroes. Um, again, you know, they, they were in a, a war together, and they're they're now looking for their children against the background of another oncoming war. Um, they seem to be sort of mixed races. It says it's a black sand tail. I don't know if that is any, if there's a, a background black sand or if it's a dark of black. Yeah, or, or if this is going to be yeah, the start of exactly. it. Maybe. So, so yeah, it says in the fantastical world of black sand, pieces hard won and three unbending warriors carry scars to prove it. Now almost 20 years later, their children are missing and war is on the horizon. Can they put aside their memories of the war and each other for one last adventure? So yeah, uh, looking forward to that. It's, you know, in a, in a I guess in a, in a hobby where we're very much, you know, certainly myself and Alan would be a wee bit more superhero focused. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really nice to see a fantasy comic that isn't, you know, an independent well, I was, fantasy uh, comic. Well, I was thinking there's quite a lot of image fantasy comics. Uh, like, yeah, it's almost, what uh, I mean is, what I mean is, uh, I guess moment, what I mean is, yeah. is high fantasy, you know, Tolkien-esque yes, yeah, fantasy, yeah. Uh, rather than, yeah. Because there's been, there was... Uh, Fair Lady, there's Autumn Lands. There's I think maybe what you mean is that uh, there's a lot of sci-fi fantasy, yeah, whereas this yeah, is yeah. more, as you say, yeah. high adventure yeah. Yeah. fantasy, as you say, Tolkien-esque, Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah, um, that sort of, sort of yeah. almost swords and sorcery, I suppose. Yeah, sword and sorcery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Which Keith and I are all over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but that looks really cool. Like I love what they're doing. Like just, I think we were talking about um, Lazarus with I. It's like a different structure. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they changed the structure. Of and this is. I remember I have a couple of comics called Uncle Sam by <laughs> Alex Ross, uh-huh. and it's like the same two square square bind, bind, yeah, yeah. or perfect bind. Um, it's like one and two, so really cool. Really like oh. the idea. I will it's be curious with that one to see what the release scheduling will be for the second issue. Obviously, with it being oversized, will it be? month yeah, to month, month or will it be like obviously with Lazarus is every three months mm-hmm. so just with it being a bigger format I'll be curious to see with that but Zdarsky yeah, I mean he's we, we talk about his work all the time in this podcast it's nice to see him obviously he's one of Marvel's key writers at the moment but it's nice to see he's still yeah. very much embracing his indie roots yeah so. Um, so moving through everything I think the Walking Dead trade will be a pretty important one yeah I mean it's 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 a hard well, one to talk about. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a hard one to talk about Walking Dead because a the the writing of Walking Dead is so good that the a lot of the enjoyment of it is the endings of each issue, the cliffhangers, the 
you know, massive swerves in storytelling. Keith's obviously a trade reader. Um, we've recently just had 191 and 192 where massive things happen in it, which obviously I wouldn't go into detail on. But this actually closes out 192, which will also close out the fourth omnibus, or sorry, fourth compendium as well. Uh-huh. So we'll see a release of that down the line, I would say. But Walking Dead is stronger than it's ever been. It's, you know, for any title to be 192 issues in and still be surprising you and affecting you is just a testament to the skill of Kirkman and obviously with Adler being the longtime artist on it. Uh-huh. So that'll be a trade, I'm sure will sell well because just it's just brilliantly written cool. looking forward to it and I think um, was Skyward one of Vicky's picks yeah Skyward's a title Vicky really enjoys there's two trades out yeah. so far that's going to be the third one it's all to do with the world where gravity no longer exists so people can sort of float around cities I haven't personally read it but Vicky recommends it really oh, really we highly about that. I recommend we it talked about that a few yeah. months ago whenever yeah. it was first going to be solicited yeah. very very good series really um, I was, wasn't was so keen on volume 2 but um, I think there's been a few issues of um, I'm sure we'll find it's way onto my bookcase as I look behind me here and see <laughs> volume 1 and 2 so I must read it so, at some yeah, point put that in your pile my pile's big enough <laughs> But yeah, highly recommend it, and I know, yeah, Vicky, Vicky loves it, so. But I was going to say, I wasn't super high on the volume two. Um, super high. Super high. Very oh, good. Yeah. Very maybe, good. That's why you're the writer. Cognitive functions aren't too bad, like. So you get the final trade for uh, Kieran Gillen's Wicked in the Vine. I've never read it. I picked up the uh, image first, image first version of the first issue, so I'm going to. Uh, it's a story where it's gods are reincarnated as rock stars, isn't it? Sounds like we've got uh, American Godsey, which is yeah. awesome. And, uh, I mean, Kieran Gillen is the master of telling the story about the story. So yeah, mm. yeah, it's one I'd like to go back and read as well. Similar to yourself, I have exposure to the first couple issues, but that's about it. Cool. Um, yeah, probably one. Another one to add to the ever-growing list of things. Oh, I've stop right there! Stop right there! Die is on yeah. its way back. Number six. So uh, August seventh, pencil, pencil it in your diary. Yep. Yeah, the trade just uh, came out of Die there last week, and you know it's it's interesting. The, obviously, with the store being open two years, we we don't tend to order a lot of copies of the same trade. We like to try and have as much variety as possible. So instead of ordering say ten of the same trade, I'll maybe order five different titles, but two of each. Mm-hmm. But with Die coming out, it was the biggest title I've ever ordered just on trade. Uh, we ordered fifteen copies. Yeah. Uh, within a week, we have two left. Yeah, um, cool. Die is. Like I recommend it to everybody who walks through the it's door. We all do. All thanks to our lovely recommendations on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Die's exceptional, and, and I'm convinced more than ever that it's going to be 20 issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that Stephanie Hans cover is unreal. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. It's a dragon wearing armor, or is it? It's a dragon wearing armor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the way Five ended just opened up that series so well. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll not win the spoilers because again, people trade it. But the way the it, you can see the directions the story's yeah. going in now whereas before there was a part of me thought how is this going well, to play I mean, the first five issues were setting up mm-hmm. concept it's a, it's a it's a fairly deep deep concept it's a fairly yeah. deep cutting concept you know the idea of, of players of a role playing game mm-hmm. being drawn into that role playing game and then escaping only to be drawn back yeah. 20, 20 years later wasn't 25 25 years yeah. yeah so really fantastic and I mean They've, they've set it up so even if you don't I mean it, it's really interesting if you know role playing games and you know the, the various uh, like rules or concepts around role playing games it's really easy to pick up but yeah. the first five issues do a really good job of introducing someone who's never 
played role playing games yeah. into that sucking them into it oh, and yeah, it's great. the yeah. trade's brilliantly put together as well because it has all the essays from the single issues it has mm-hmm. there's also a link in it uh, Keith and I were chatting about it yesterday I think it's diecomic.com forward slash RPG and it's they're launching the beta for the die RPG oh, cool. which yeah, I'm sure we will probably delve into at yeah, some point yeah. ourselves so, um, so yeah can't wait for the return of that good jumping on point uh, new story arc as well so no, 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 not a jumping on point by the trade. <laughs> it's just that good. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of... A lot of continuing series. Stuff. So, a lot of the usual Gideon Falls, which I'm really enjoying. Ice Cream Man, which I've heard really good things about. Covers for it all was great. See, it sells really well, too. I was yeah. looking, um, looking through the um, May to, to see what I was going to review. And mm-hmm. it's, it's quite high on the sales list yeah. as well. I have to say just a shout out to that Middle West cover which oh, is beautiful. one of the best covers I've seen yeah. this month uh, Middle West is another title we've talked a lot about um, we'll not I've, continue now yeah, but that cover I've is recently being converted yeah um, fantastic uh, Oblivion Song will be moving toward the end of its new story arc on 18 yeah so that'll Perfect. be trade 3 will not be far behind I'm sure the faceless man yeah, Oblivion Song I trade read just the way yeah, Keith same, same. trades yeah. Walking Dead and I single issue yeah. He single issues of Living Song and I trade read it. So. I almost thought I was going to turn the page and see the uh, Volume 3 solicited. But. Well, usually what Kirkman does, or what he's done so far with the Living Song, is that whenever the first issue is out of a new arc, that's the same that's day the trade comes yeah. out. Um, Walking Dead 194, that's going to introduce a new character mm-hmm. called Sheriff Kapoor. Hasn't, you haven't been introduced to him in this comic yet, so I'm presuming that'll be his first appearance there a um, couple other noteworthy titles there Section Zero really I'm digging really that enjoying the first couple issues of it yeah, um, Space Bandits 2 that's a new Mark Miller one the first issue of that is due out in July which I think will be fun it's got the Black Science artist on it Mario Scalera Steve Stars is on its second issue the Jason Aaron Jason book Aaron. not out yet so yeah. remains to be seen and then we've got the last issue of Mark Miller's Sharky, Sharky the Bounty Hunter yeah so trail will not be too far behind that so yeah, lots of good image stuff there. Um, yeah, so there is never feels the and as well. Yeah. Just sorry, just them very quickly as well. At the end of the image one, they've also announced a new uh, range of image firsts. So image firsts oh. are a really good way to try out image books without breaking the bank. They're essentially reprints of number ones. So instead of either having to backtrace to number one, which may or may not have gone up in price, or buy the full trade and then maybe get a couple issues and you don't like it image tend to do these one pound reprints so being added to the format is Gideon Falls, Criminal, Isola which I know Roddy really enjoys, Um, Unnatural, Oblivion Song, Ice Cream Man, Trees and one I must admit I haven't really heard of actually um, but I'm sure isn't that the artist? Yeah. That's when we did the G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, One called Copra, round one. So yeah, there'll be some new ones added to that and we always get the image first in. So um, just a really cheap way to check out new stories. Pick up the the image first, first edition for for what is it, like a pound? Yeah, it's always a pound, yeah. And then you can get the introductory uh, most paperback if you get, you know. Do you have a section for your image first or do you just put it? There's a section close to the, um, the new releases, which is a box called number ones for a pound. So yeah, as well okay, as image cool. firsts in there, there's True Believers, Marvel stuff. There's, um, I think it's DC Essentials is what they're called. So yeah, image firsts are just a great way. Like instead of spending say nine pound on a book, you could spend a fiver and get five number ones, and then yeah. decide where you want to go from there. You know. So, um, but yeah, that's that's image for this month. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, on we go to Dark Horse. Um, so this is an interesting one. Uh, Berserker Unbound. Um, 
it's Jeff Lemire on, on writing and uh, Mike, Mike Diodata on, uh, on covers and obviously Conan's a massive thing at Marvel at the minute yeah. uh, so this story it follows a, a Conan like figure uh, sword and sorcery warrior finds himself blasted through a wormhole to a modern day metropolis where he must protect those around him from an evil wizard determined to send him to hell send him to hell now uh, it looks interesting obviously it's it's Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato um, but I mean recently Savage and Savage Avengers mm-hmm. Conan came to through um, Avengers No Road Home, Road Home. <clears throat> Conan came to to the modern Marvel universe so yeah, uh, yeah I mean it's, it's interesting but it seems to be <laughs> uh, piggybacking a little yeah, bit yeah and, and obviously Mike Dodaro Jr. is the artist on, on Savage Avengers, Savage Avengers yeah. so he's <laughs> clearly liking drawn barbarians at the moment had you said as well that Mike Dodaro Jr. that was his last title for Marvel Savage, Savage Avengers, Avengers yeah. so I didn't know if that was his last title for Marvel or if that was his last title no but obviously not Marvel, he's, so yeah. I mean the, the preview artwork for it looks fantastic big yeah. lush full page spreads but as you say it's hard to escape the uh, there's also the Conan yeah, look yeah, to it. Yeah, There's also a lovely Mike Magnola variant cover. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He of Hellboy fame. Um, yeah. Obviously, like I think the story is a bit different to Conan anyway. Um, merciless sword and sorcery warrior finds himself blasted through a wormhole to a modern day metropolis where he must protect those around him from an evil wizard determined to send If a symbiote joins him and so, a crazy man who loves guns yeah, and a skull good. t-shirt, <laughs> yeah, good, then no. it's a little too close to the nose. <laughs> so yeah, that looks cool. Moving on, there's like a lot of Hellboy Baltimore it's stuff. A, it's a decent uh, wee shout there though. Hellboy and the BPRD, Saturn Returns, we three issue mini. Hellboy to me is the Dark Horse equivalent of Spawn. There's so much to it. I would like to get into it, but I yeah, know if I start it reading it, it's yeah, so much. Where's the jump on point? But these wee mini series tend to do quite well because people just like those self-contained stories, and yeah. you know, Mignola continues to write, continues to have sort of full control of Hellboy. Um, but yeah, Hellboy's one I know one day I'm just going to go back get like beautiful library editions and just start from the start again, you know. So, a lot of critical role stuff. Um, Invisible Kingdom, which is a series I'm really enjoying. Ooh. The Volume 1 trade paperback is out. So, definitely, um, I thought the first issue was a bit slow, but it's definitely picked up for the next two. Um, Burger, G- Burger Books. G. Willow Wilson? Yep. Um, Christian Ward on art as well. Um, really good series, really lovely. Uh, again, high fantasy. Mm-hmm. High, yeah, high yeah. fantasy sci fi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then speaking of Christian Ward, um, he's got a new series out called Tommy Gun Wizards. Uh, it's a mini mini series, one of four. Um, you've got Sammy Kivella on art and D kind of on colours. Um, so it looks um, Elliot Ness and his team of untouchable work Oof. over the t- work over time, taking on dangerous criminals that hide in the seedy underbelly of 1930s Chicago. Except in this world, Al Capone isn't dealing in alcohol, but in magic. I'm actually quite so, surprised that has bypassed all of us and has not ended up on the board because that sounds awesome. It does sound awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elliot Ness, Untouchables, Magic. Well, uh, yeah. Prohibition era, Al yeah, Capone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm claiming it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add that to the board tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a... Nice big Umbrella. library edition, yeah, of Umbrella Academy. So, first trade, or first hardcover. Big actually. fan of the series that was on Netflix. Never read the comics, though, but looking forward to that. And there's a comic called Strayed, which is um, a new number one. Looks interesting. A lot of cats. Um, cats in space. Uh, 
there's only, there's only one cat in space for me that's not any cat <laughs> um, nice. very nice I think that's probably it's for yeah, a couple of decent wee alien trades yeah. there um, alien versus predator the essential comics trade paperback uh, mammoth 416 pages to that and also aliens defiance wee library edition aliens comics always sell well in the store yeah um, yeah and just a few other trades bits and pieces a lot of Disney stuff as always. Um, if you like that, good for good to get kids in the comics, I suppose. Uh, Keith and I have yet to read this one, the HP Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness, Volume One. I believe it's out pretty soon. Yeah, I think small. it's um, towards the end of this month. I think we recommended it on a previous podcast, yep. so number number two's out. Um, so look out for that. Oh, that'll be the. I mean, they'll be starting to take the the plane through the. Oh Fairly yes, yeah. Massive, yeah. Eventually, yeah, land the city. Awesome. So that is that's it for Dark Horse. Um, on to IDW. So the Marvel action stuff, crossover yeah. thing continues. Still don't really understand it, but there's Captain Marvel number one to dip your toes in if you want. I think it's it's the Marvel action is geared towards kids. Yeah, yeah, younger readers. I guess like they do like a. They do like a lot of kids' books, so I think that's something. There's some Care Bears, maybe My Little Pony. Yeah, like My Little Pony number one. So it's really good, really good thing to see because obviously we're like grown adult men, so that's not. But maybe it's. I mean, good. I do understand <laughs> there is a link between <laughs> yeah. My Little Pony and grown adult men. Yeah, <laughs> it manifests itself in the Bruni phenomenon. Yeah, it would. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you have kids, maybe it's a great way to introduce them to comics. Yeah. It is interesting though that you see there are Disney comics through IDW as well, but there's also Disney comics through Dark Horse. Mm. Bit of a strange. Um, yeah, I think it's the kids, it's the, it's the younger reader side of things, you know. But just strange that it's across two different labels. Mm. You would think they would be on Marvel by now, just with Marvel yeah. being owned by Disney. Um, um, yeah, so Turtle stuff continues. There is. The trade paperback of Shredder and Hell comes in. That actually looks really pretty good. Pretty awesome. They did. Um, was a bebop from Rocksteady yeah. as well. Yeah. So definitely one to pick up for. Um there's glue. And then we get to the good stuff. And then Roddy stops yeah. in his tracks. So one of my um absolute loves, as probably everyone who's listening to the podcast knows, Transformers. Same with Keith. Um mm-hmm. Transformers eleven to twelve are right, obviously. Brian Ruckley, um, the series continues. Oh, they're they're, really they're, make, they're mixing up the artists, though. There's really? a lot of different artists on this one because really? this one's got Andrew Griffith and Beth McGuire Smith, and then this Kay one's Kazama. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. like I'm really intrigued by it. It's very political. Uh-huh. Um, well, it is right now, you know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping the next couple of issues there's a bit bit of action. We're sitting on issue six at the minute this yep. month, right? And this is eleven and twelve, so we'll see where things go. We'll see yeah. if I mean. We'll see where things go with uh, our our young hero. Yeah, work rubble, <laughs> rubble, <laughs> we rubble. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, yes, we're here to talk about this one, which sounds pretty awesome to me. Because when I was younger, uh, I bought it was Titan Titan Comics reprints of um, the original Transformers mm-hmm. series, uh, which is written by Simon Furnham, um, and then this one's Transformers eighty four issue zero. So an all new prequel to the original 1984 Transformers number one, and it's to celebrate 35 years of the Transformers. So 
1984 was a very good year, wasn't it? For comics. Yeah. Transformers, Secret Wars. Was it Secret Wars? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this one looks fantastic. Um, the artist is Guido. Guido Guidi. Um, yeah, uh, wars grip the planet Cybertron, but an even deadlier threat looms. An asteroid belt powerful enough to destroy the metal world unless Autobot Field Commander Optimus Prime and his heroic recruits can clear a path for the planet. But what other motivations does Prime have for this mission, and how does it tie to a secret on Earth in the 11th century? So pretty intriguing. Um, I think you'd probably just pick it up if you haven't read anything. Everyone knows the story about the Transformers now. Robots in disguise. Yes. Um, so yeah, More than meets really the cool. Yeah. More than meets the <laughs> Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, the art style is very. There's only one preview image here, but it is very, very 1984. Yeah. Wouldn't be out of place in Secret Wars if you put those two on yeah. Um, yeah. Battle World. Battle World, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Transformers Ghostbusters crossover continues. Um, there's also, speaking of 1984, Ghostbusters 35th anniversary collection. Was that. First so Ghostbusters, first Ghostbusters in 1984? Must have been. Fuck. Um, Starting to feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that looks cool. More G.I. Joe stuff ongoing. Um, there's, I don't know if I was looking at it earlier. Um, there's a Magic the Gathering um, comics coming out. Um, not something that I'm interested no, in, right, but right. Um, there's a number one of four coming out. Looks pretty interesting. The art looks pretty cool. Um, and I'm turning the page to one Helen wants to talk about. Yep, now we're talking. This is um, a five-issue mini-series for IDW called Mountainhead. Now, the reason uh, I was drawn to this is because anyone who's listened to the podcast before will know that I champion a little title called Sync, um, which I've now been fortunate enough to finally collect all the single issues of, including Roddy rather generously giving me another number one, which may end up in a frame, actually, because yeah. Mr. Yeah. Dig on the cover is a great cover. Um, as long as it's not in eBay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, this one, Mountainhead. So this is from the writer of Sync, which is John Lees. And then the artist in this is going to be Ryan Lee, who does uh, a Valiant title called Archer and Armstrong. So the little blurb for this one is Abraham Stubbs and his father Noah roam America in a nomadic existence. Convinced they are being pursued by sinister government forces, Noah has them living off the grid, burgling houses to survive. Elsewhere, on Mount Rector, the lone survivor of a climbing expedition staggers homeward covered in blood. Both are on an inevitable collision course with the picturesque Canadian resort town of Brerick. Um, an exciting psychological thriller and horror story all in one. Yeah, this looks right up my alley. The the cover looks sort of quite nasty and dark and violent and you know this will very much not be one for kids but you know <laughs> psychological thriller and horror together from the writer of sync five issue miniseries i'm there that's yeah, going to be good idw really um championing championing the yeah. uh, the miniseries like a lot of original stuff coming because mm-hmm. we we both read road of bones number one yeah and they did, which was uh, the artist of sync yeah you know yeah. as well so those guys are starting to make a wee bit of a and making a few waves we're loving ghost tree as well which we also recommended um, yeah, looking forward to that one. Looks looks a bit uh, Ryan Motley, doesn't it? The, bit, the, yeah. The first cover. Um, really weird. Uh, Interestingly enough, the variant is uh, from the Venom artist oh, Ryan yeah. Stegman. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that one. Some more Star Trek stuff. I don't know if you want to chip in on that, Keith, or um, are you happy? To I mean, I'm, look, I'm sort of trading a lot of the Star Trek stuff. The 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 Tipton 
Q um, conflict. Yeah, stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the Q conflict. I think they'll come to a finish. So Q conflict. Traded. Glorious so, cover. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy Star Trek Discovery, but I'm not sure if I want to engage with it with comics. <laughs> Speaking of Road of Bones, there's yeah. number four right number there. Four conclusion to the pretty awesome uh, Russian uh, horror, survival horror, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think that's probably probably about it for IDW. Um, and then we'll just <coughs> shall we just move through the rest of it rather swiftly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there's there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah, bits yeah, and pieces through yeah. there. Because um, we had um, Project Superpower stuff there. Yeah, it looks written by Gil Simone. The Death Defying Devil number one looks really interesting. Um, and then the boys, the boys yeah, the boys are starting to get some new printings, um, new omnibuses with photo cover editions. Obviously, the show coming uh, soon. Don't know if I like. That. I'll be honest, I'm a I'm a latecomer to the boys. I only read the first omnibus there about three weeks ago. <laughs> tore through it yeah. two sittings loved it um, and then found out that none of the rest of the omnibuses are available at the yeah. moment <laughs> although number two is coming next week thankfully but yeah I would stay away from the photo covers I try to buy the um, the ones that are the comic covers but yeah, yeah Kraken series really dark and twisted sense of humour as you'd expect from Garth yeah, Ennis yeah. um, and then just speaking of the artists actually we bit of news today Derek Robertson he announced a mystery new series that he is the artist on written by Tom Taylor today it's going to be an indie series but they said more details coming Monday so by the time this goes live um, we'll, we'll hopefully know what that is but yeah The Boys is a great one it's um, classic classic Vertigo era or Dynamite in this case oh, I suppose cool. um, there is a lovely looking uh, James Bond 007 volume 1 hardcover written by Greg Pack Mm. Artists Mark Lamming and Stephen Mooney, who you're you're a big fan of, aren't you? Yeah. And, uh, is it half past it's half past yeah. danger, yeah. Stephen Mooney? Yeah. Um, so he's, also Grayson. Yeah, I think so. He's really really rocking it on that. Um, and that's might might be something yeah. I might pick up. I've never really delved into the James Bond comics, but uh, I'm a big Bond fan. So. There's a slight segue of you. Did you read all of Grayson? Obviously, I know you're. No, Grayson no, fan. I haven't. No, I keep meaning to. Do you know who the main writer and yeah, artist yeah, is on yeah, it? Yeah, Tom okay. Keane and yeah. Michael Yannon. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's one that it's one that you had the the omnibus with yeah. Grayson and the and the shop, and I thought about it for a while, and then it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm maybe eventually I'm maybe. Uh, you never want something to. so much when you see it's gone. <laughs> um, I was yeah. coming in to buy that today. <laughs> Kiss Mars Attacks. You know the score with uh, Dynamite, Red um, Sonia, Red Sonia. First issue of that was fun. Yeah, uh, versus Be- Meet Betty and Veronica. Yeah. That was actually quite a fun first and issue. We've got Xena, more Red Sonia, Vampirella with our germs first. Yeah, so Vampirella is being relaunched in July with a brand new number one. Um, it's not really a series I've personally been into much. Um, it actually does sell relatively well in the store, but I think that issue two will probably yeah, be in demand just because of the the art germ cover. Uh, fantastic. Cover, yeah, it's it? pretty stunning. Yeah, but really but Vampirel is a weird one because it always has at least ten different variants. Yeah. Like yeah. if you look at that page, how many that different was. artists have we got? <laughs> so you've got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, ten different versions not, of um, the cover. Not quite Spawn three hundred, but <laughs> not far off it though, is it? <laughs> um, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Um, yeah, Betty Page. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Stopping at Earth. Earth, oh, I missed Earth. Yes. <laughs> Earth's a really, really weird, curious title. <laughs> um, Earth is going to be a forty-eight page hardcover. It's just a one-shot. It's for all ages. And it's written by Garth Ennis. 
which is not something I thought I would ever say. I, literally, I was just talking about the boys. Um, take it away, Keith. You can read that wee blurb there. Well, it says, At the dawn of time, Earth and his three amphibious friends, Fig Willop, Qua and the Bobber, take their first nervous steps out of the ocean and, be- and uh, the beginning of an adventure into the primordial world. As they explore the exciting new lands beyond the shore, they discover that a prehistoric jungle is home to the mighty and terrifying Colossus. What follows is an evolutionary fable of love and loyalty for readers of all ages. Wow. I'm really curious about that. Uh, we've already got about five or six pre-orders for that. Um, again, just a wee one-shot. I think everyone's just curious if Garth Ennis, Garth can, Ennis yeah, yeah. can write something that uh, obviously isn't so hard-boiled and adult. It's a hardcover too. Yeah, hardcover. Yeah. Just, just one 48-pager. So that'll be an interesting wee one. That was another one Vicky had recommended put on the board. So okay, very cool. Um, yeah, statues, uh, Ouija board, dynamic forces <laughs> stuff. Oh right, so uh, now entering in the boom, the boom. and there's and some good stuff from Boom this month. So who had this one? Uh, was it all? Turn on. Oh well, sorry. We'll go so, for this one first. So I guess it was it appears in this preview. So but it, it was released. Released in May, it was released yeah. last week. So, uh, Angel number one, uh, Brian Edward Hill, coming off the back of the reimagined Buffy series. Yeah. Um, the that that Buffy series is absolutely killing it. It's so good. <laughs> so I uh, picked up uh, Angel Zero and Angel One then as a mm-hmm. uh, as an adjunct to that, and Angel One was was really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Angel, the the tortured um, vampire with a soul, you know, yeah. uh, made made famous by Joss Whedon in the Buffy the Vampire uh, TV series. Um, so the, the the story jumps back and forth between his past as a as an evil bastard and his you know his current modern day uh, situation where he's sort of training vampire hunters and different bits and pieces, um, and the text of the Sunny Deal and so forth and so on. Reunites with old friends and uh, faces a new demon unlike any before, uh, but really, really good. Um, it looks it's a great companion piece for the Buffy series. Cool. Um, the first issue was out May 29th, second issue's out June 26th. So I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing where it goes. Um, fantastic stuff. Cool. Brian yeah. Edward Hill um, uh, did American Carnage. Really good series, <coughs> right. we have talked about before. Um, so, so I can't, uh, I can't sorry. recommend that Buffy universe highly enough. Um, Once in Future uh, is a six issue mini series from uh, from our buddy Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've uh, spoken about Die already, uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what Once in Future brings. That whenever you hear that title, it conjures up images of King Arthur, the Once in yeah, Future King. Yeah. Um, so. This uh, the the illustrator the the artist is Dan Mora, um, the awesome Dan Mora from Buffy the Vampires yeah. there and Close. Oh, I was yeah. thinking Close, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, when a group of nationalists use an ancient artifact to bring a villain from Arthurian myth back from the dead to gain power, ex monster hunter Bridget McGuire escapes her retirement home and pulls her unsuspecting grandson Duncan, a museum creator, into a world of magic and mysticism uh, to defeat a legendary threat. Um, Best-selling writer Kieran Gillen, um, and Russ Manning, uh, artist Russ Manning, award-winning artist Dan Mora, explore the mysteries of the past, the complicated truths of our history, and the power of family to save the day, especially if that family has a secret uh, secret bunkers of ancient weapons and decades of experience hunting the greatest monsters in Britain's history. So, there's there's a whole lot 
there's a whole lot going on here for me. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, there's the the idea of uh, the, the TV series like Grimm. Yeah, have you ever seen yeah. Grimm? A uh, really fantastic series about a a family lineage that exists uh, to identify and police uh, the fairy tale monsters that exist in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's the other side of Kieran Gillen's a great storyteller, and a lot of what he a lot of what he does is deconstruct the idea of story, which he's doing in dies, mm-hmm. deconstructing the idea, deconstructing the idea of a role playing game and uh, the stuff that he did with Loki for Marvel, he was deconstructing the idea of of Loki as the god of Loki's traditionally known as the god of lies and deceit and trickery. But he sees all those things as stories, that that Loki is the god of stories, mm-hmm. uh, narrative. And so Kieran Gillen used that to deconstruct the idea of of I guess that that whole thing, and you know, and then on top of that, I think it's really in, and a really interesting time to be looking at, um, you know, the, the power of I guess the power of nationalism is in Britain is is, is a massive thing at the minute for us, <laughs> you know, and uh, so seeing Kieran Gillan go back into these, you know, the ideas of. Um, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the whole Brexit thing is dictated upon the, the whole idea of a green and pleasant land and what came before and what mm-hmm. you know yeah. these these mythical ideas you know. Uh, so I'm really interested to see you know to see what what he does with this sort of thing you know. So yeah, yeah it'll be, I think it'll be, it'll be really good stuff. Kim Gillan, Kim Gillan, what else do you say? He's very. Um, I didn't really think about it until there, but um, he's very British in like a very American industry yeah, Dye like is, set, is Dye very is British characters yeah, it's set yeah. Britain, yeah, and, uh, I mean I'm looking forward to the Wicked and the Divine yeah. you know, to yeah. see where that goes you know so yep um, mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chosen Ones number one by Maureen Scott and uh, Celia Lowenthal um, it's I think it's a one shot uh, and it looks like it's going to be exploring the, the first appearances of the greatest slayers in history so I think we're going to have slayers from uh, not just Sunnydale, but I mean I think the I think the the, the, the one shot is going to feed into the idea of where the Hellmouth came from, but we're going to be seeing um, slayers from you know ancient India and slayers from all over the world and different cultures. So uh, so yeah, could be interesting. And it's, there's the Buffy the Vampire Slayer book. Cool. Hit number seven. seven, Jordy Belair. Brilliant, brilliant book. Just read it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> first, tra- first trade is available. Um, Run an Island is on number five. It's a series I really want to get into. That's the first time I've seen that where they've actually specified how long that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Run an Island, like one or two. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one that I read and collect. Um, issue four just came out this week, actually. Right so, Hulk fan, World War Hulk. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. So there's a few um, soft covers. Great pack yeah. of John Wick comic fame. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest comic book ever to come out in history, even slower than Doomsday Clock, and that is saying Ooh. something. <laughs> that is saying something. We've seen it for three years now. Is <laughs> There's um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen this, but Over the Garden Wall is a fantastic little uh, mini series on Netflix. Um, sort of like an animated um, Cartoon Network style. Mm-hmm. Very quirky, very sad tale. Um, is it um, all ages, or is it aimed at older yeah, watchers? It or? Reminds me, have you ever seen the Halloween tree? Yes. It's similar to that, I would say. Like it is all ages, but it's quite sad and poignant. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's a comic 
comic offer miniseries coming out by Bertie Willis and Rowan McCall one to look out for if you're into that sort of um, in, if you're into it and then Power Rangers keeping strong then there's that WWE cover looks pretty cool doesn't it I think that's yeah. the end of WWE stuff for uh, Boom is it I think they've cut ties after that I yeah. think is there going to be a cage match <laughs> at the end <laughs> um, Dark Crystal ending yeah a lot of stuff ending for for Boom a lot of good stuff though um, loads of Cartoon Network stuff Adventure Time there's Steven Universe and yeah that's that's about it now we're into the best of the rest so was there anything you guys wanted to pick out I'm pretty much done I was kind of interested in um, I can't remember where I saw it because we're, we're into the uh, the deep dark uh, misty back pages of previews where it's kind of I, well, the best <laughs> but uh, I see someone's uh, someone's been published in a Rivers of London um, I think is, it, is that Titan maybe could be it would be Titan because it's, yeah. a, it's a British writer Ben Aronovich and it's kind of a it's nearly like a like a British version of uh, the Dresden Files, which mm-hmm. you've heard me run about before. <laughs> um, so I was kind of interested in that, and I had never noticed it before. I noticed it in this book for some reason, so um, maybe okay. we... we'll we'll get there because I want to talk about a Titan title. So yeah, there's a lot of you know what's you know what's in the back of the previews. There's a lot of like a lot of little stuff. Um, All the a, stuff that Andy likes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, there's our Archie versus Predator too. That's what I like. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, you, you get a lot your, of the Aspen you stuff, your Avatar. Aspen. Then I'm pretty sure it's boundless Boy, after that. Um, there's Black Mask, who haven't really heard from in a while. Uh, Space Riders is is a number. I think it's volume three. Volume three, number two is coming out. Um, I think I've talked about it before. Just really pulpy, beautiful. Awesome adventure. Um, then there's Boundless. It's Roddy's favorite section. Mm-hmm. Boundless. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of there's some women. Lovely looking ladies. Um, I mean, there's the dynamic forces stuff. I only ever stop at it to see if to there's skip. a new yeah. Batman Fifty variant, but there's not one there. So Owen doesn't buy anything. <laughs> um, trying to say. Trying to say. Neon Future, which is interesting from. Steve Aoki mm-hmm. DJ um, I think the graphic novel side soon as well it looks interesting Humanoids has a couple of good things there's Omni um, which is by Devin Grayson and the art is this um, piqued my interest because it says art TBD TBD interesting <laughs> look we're going with this title no matter what <laughs> so uh, that was yeah that's um Ongoing series launching uh, August 4th, oh, so like... good luck for that. Ah, yeah. They have TBD in one page, and then they have Ariel. a full page advert that says Ariella Christina. Yeah, so they're going social justice warrior, surgeon, superpowered, badass. They're really um, throwing a lot of a lot of titles at this humanoids line. It seemed to kick off this week with that story, Ignited, the first issue came out. But there seems to be plenty of number ones there and plenty of starting points. I know Mark Wade's been brought in to sort of curate the line. Yeah. Um, um you know, and he knows a thing or two about it's these. It's supposed uh, to be like connected, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like a Valiant style collected universe. This um 
There's the title, looks like a European one, Robert Silverberg's Colonies, Colonies. Return to Bel- Belzegor. Um, Robert Silverberg wrote one of my favorite books called The, the Book of Skulls. Mm-hmm. Really, really worth checking out. But this list looks interesting, hardcover, European style. I've never heard of Colonies, Return to Belzegor. So. And it's good when two of the people giving reviews on the front cover, one is George R.R. R. Martin and the other is Isaac Asimov. Yeah, well... So, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's one to check out. Um, pretty good praise. We're probably going to get... There's Lionforge. Yeah, we're into the... just. There's a lot of like quirky stuff for Lionforge, cartoony things, so I think you know what you're going to get. Um, and there's a lot of... They have like sort of slice of life slice of life slice of life <laughs> drama stuff um, and then there's one that sort of piqued my interest from Mad Cave Studios probably not the world's most uh, um, popular comic book publisher but I really like what they're trying to do they had um, I was looking on Twitter the other day like um, and they had a series um, like it was uh, kind of like Ronin Ronin mm-hmm. Islands it was yeah. sort of like a I can't remember what it was called now, um, but it was sort of like a samurai series. It looked really cool, and I was like, I'm going to check that out. And then this one called Show's End looks really, really interesting by Anthony Cleveland and Jefferson Sedinsky. Um, so, equal parts brutal and beautiful, Show's End takes place in Georgia during the 1920s and follows Lorelei, a 12 year old running, sorry, a 12 year old runaway seeking refuge with a traveling group of freak show performers. At first, she isn't welcomed for being too ordinary, but what her newfound family doesn't know is that Lorelai was hiding a secret more freakish than anyone could ever imagine. So just, I like kind of shouting out the, to the little guys, like Mad Cave, they do battle cats as well. Um, yeah, there's, I think there's a couple more. There's Oni, Black Mage looks interesting. Um, Morning in America trade paperback I think is coming out one to check out uh, very they live very um, 80s 80s capitalism teenage, yeah yeah, um, yeah uh, let's see still haven't found Rivers of London for Keith um, yeah and then customary Red Winter shout out from my buddy <laughs> Michael Gordon number two is out um Number one still available for pre-order. Is it? Yeah. 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 Good. Um, Got a few few guys on it. So we do. So there is Titan Keith um, Snowpiercer, a fantastic series. Is going to have a hardcover now. Dystopian sci-fi. From They've just put the movie of that onto Netflix, which I really want to watch. It's Chris of, Evans in yeah, it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Really? Um, yeah. Um, I've never read the comic now, but um, neither have I. I think it's three it's, volumes. Yeah, and now it's under the my my beloved Static Express uh, banner of Titan, the uh, European comics. Um, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and then the last one I had is uh, Enki Bilal's Monster, which is um, a hardcover, which is fifty dollars. 50 American dollars, but if you look at the preview art, it's utterly gorgeous. Um, Who's that? Painted. Um, it is, oh, it's a writer yeah, artist. Yeah, he okay, is a writer yeah. artist. Um, I think it's it's a bit Blade Runner. Um, beautiful, brooding, retro-future world rendered in gothic gloom and streaks of rich color. <laughs> Bilal has used the grim events of contemporary life to create a gripping work of allegorical sci-fi. So, yeah, you know what you're going to get. Kind of like European, very... 
looks a bit very highbrow sci-fi, so it looks really cool. Cool. Definitely going to pick that up. Um, love that sort of stuff. There, there, there. there we go. Yeah, there we so, go. I mean, it, it, there's. I guess what, it was something that came to my attention after again the Dresden Files, which is urban fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, and so Rivers of London was by. Ben Arnovich and there was a number of books in the series um, starting with Rivers of London and it was all about he was a cop mm-hmm. uh, and he discovered then that he, he discovered magic you know there was magic in the background and he discovered that he was capable of he was a wizard mm-hmm. you know what I mean he didn't realise it but he was a wizard and he, <laughs> he started you know and then he was he was engaging with spirits of the various rivers in London to solve this mystery okay. and so there's I hadn't I never realised it was there was a comic version of it. Um so, so I guess what they're looking at here is World War Secrets. Best. So they are these are like retellings of the No stories I don't, or I don't believe new? so. There's a volume one to three box set, but then the others are oh, okay. or works they must be original. I don't recognise the titles so Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. But that's a um, that's a November solicit. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Advanced solicit. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much it. Um, there's Valiant as well, which we're we were actually talking about off off air. That looks there's a lot of good looking stuff, but a lot to get in. There's a Doctor Mirage, which is their the new number one. Looks really cool. Um, Mags Visagio um, and then Nick Robles too mm-hmm. really cool um, yeah the rest ongoing stuff it's not a it's not a a universe I've ever engaged in I don't think no it's. I know there's some people in the store that have talked about it and I think collecting it sounds quite intimidating oh really <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like everything is connected isn't it so, is it, so the relative, entire relative universe to... is connected so would it be more intimidating than, for example, Marvel or DC? I think so, yeah, because, well, does your, say, your Amazing Spider-Man does not directly affect what happens in The Punisher? Not always. But in the yeah. in Valiant, I believe it does. Okay, So all right. Yeah, um, and then Vault. Vault have um, a couple of number ones. Um, I really like this one. Um, by Michael Marecki and it's called The Mall and it's here in the heartland of the USFA the world has ended but worry not because the mall still stands and within the walls of this consumeristic mecca lies a new world order oh right box store tribes and name name brand gangs all vying for limited space and resources it sounds a wee bit like uh, have you ever uh, you've heard about the cargo tribes that no. became, uh, it's, a, it's a bigger story than we need to begin into yeah. book, but it's a real life it's a real life uh, story about these okay. these uh, tribes on South Sea Islands that ended up um, whenever I think Americans came to set up uh, military outposts they mimicked them and pulled them into their religion oh, okay. they, made them, they made them a religion so they were building they were building uh, like uh, copies of uh, air control towers and copies of runways to, in order that the gods would come back and so yeah that, that whole thing okay. about, but it's uh, yeah that, that whole idea of uh, I guess consumerism and capitalism and yeah cool. yeah Good cool stuff. so that's us that is me for my indie all the indie stuff yeah so what do you so reckon shall we where uh, are we going first well I think we should go to Marvel you think we should go to Marvel yeah I think so what do you think, Alan? Should we uh, should we push on to Marvel or, or DC? I think go for Marvel now because this is actually a decent month for DC, so I'm happy to end strongly. <laughs> oh, 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 
<laughs> for a change. <laughs> the last few months have oh, not I been see, as kind was, to DC. That was, I see that was a pro oh, that, DC remark. Oh, that was a, oh, oh I, I'm okay. never anti-Marvel. <laughs> Just like you defend yourself every month with half my pull list is DC, half yeah. of mine is Marvel, so yeah, it's true, fine. True. <laughs> fair enough. Fair but, enough. I, but it is no doubt that I think Marvel are launching the biggest event this month of either company. I'm... Uh, I'm a wee bit wary of this particular event, I mm-hmm. have to say, but uh, the event that uh, that Alan's referring to is Absolute Carnage um, by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. So, um, Donny Cates has been on Venom of late, uh, been doing a great job. And with Stegman, of course. Yeah, with Stegman, and he's been, what Donny Cates has been doing, has been, he's been reimagining or, or building the mythology of Venom and the mythology of symbiotes. Um, He's created a a god called Null, K N U L L, and uh, Jason Aaron has uh, has built upon this sort of stuff and has connected to it and with his God Butcher storyline and Thor back when at the very very start of his Thor run it's all been pulled together but the general gist of it is that uh, Null was the god who created symbiotes or the, the godlike being who created symbiotes and. Uh, eventually where we seem to have waged a war across the cosmos and such and there was a time that oh god it was years ago that there was that we marvel introduced the planet of the symbiotes where all these symbiotes came from but in actual fact it now turns out that it wasn't the planet of the symbiotes at all it was the fact that the symbiotes his creations had uh, had turned against him and had created a tomb for him where they had used their own bodies to to create this planet around him so he was at the center of this planet and he was being imprisoned by his own creations anyway but have billions of his own creations wrapped around him but Null has retroactive I mean it was all it was all retcons you know I mean it was never a thing and, and Donny Cates has retconned this stuff but anyway the it turns out that whenever uh, an individual host is it hosts a symbiote, whether that be Venom or Carnage or Toxin or any other, you know, any of those symbiotes. That that symbiote leaves behind a genetic marker in them called a codex. Uh, so we've recently discovered this: the Maker, who is the who is the Ultimate Universe version of Reed Richards, who's a, a bad git uh, rather, <laughs> rather than Reed Richards or something. Recently discovered this whenever he captured Eddie Brock. So. They leave a little piece behind, uh, wrapped around your DNA, and it's how their species communicate information about hosts to the larger hive mind. And let's say it's called the Codex. Uh, so it seems like Absolute Carnage is going to be about um, Carnage racing to find all the old hosts of all the symbiotes to collect these codexes, these pieces of information, and uh, if Carnage can do that then he will be able to talk to God he'll be able to talk to Null or bring back Null or you know whatever it is so that seems to be the gist of of the it's a, it's a solid concept yeah. it's a lovely solid concept <clears throat> especially when you look You've at um, got me intrigued yeah like, hmm. <laughs> especially when you look at the fact that you know through various miniseries nearly all the Marvel heroes have been possessed by symbiotes at one form or another be that Captain America be it the thing or be it Wolverine or the Punisher, ever, there's a lot of people who have variously <laughs> been, you know, possessed. So, Carnage is going to obviously be 
cutting across all of them mm-hmm. so that's why it becomes a that's the concept for the series I guess you know so so I guess we'll see where it goes and then we've got Eddie Brock where Eddie Brock sits at the minute is Eddie Brock doesn't have a symbiote his symbiote carnage or his symbiote Venom has uh, has left him Venom no longer has a personality the, the symbiote no longer has a personality he's just a and I, I believe he's now gone completely so Eddie Brock is running around with his uh, his de facto son you know, he's, he's trying to raise this teenager, and he suddenly, he's obviously going to become embroiled right in the middle of this, you know. And so yeah, so it, it looks it looks good. The story looks good. What is really irking me is how Marvel have oh dear. Uh, have managed the the series. Uh, so we've been talking recently about how War of the World Realms is a is a masterclass in how to do an event. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, what they're doing with Absolute Carnage is maybe the opposite of that. Yeah, talk to me about times. That's it. That's exactly it. I don't know. I I would slightly disagree with that to a point because I think what they've done with this is actually really good because this event is is going to concern primarily Venom and Spider-Man. So there's three issues of Venom that are going to be part of this. Uh-huh. There's two issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Plus you add in your four Carnage, then you will... Um, if you add in your four Absolute Carnage, there you've got half the event already. Right. Okay. So, but then, what about? Uh, so we've got Absolute Carnage one. one so it's so going to be Absolute Carnage is going to be a, a four-part series. But then we've got, uh, we've got Venom, which is great. I collected it anyway. But then we've got Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool. We've got Absolute Carnage <laughs> Lethal Protectors. I thought that'd uh, be first on your list. <laughs> three three issues. We've got Absolute Carnage Miles Morales. Now this isn't the Miles Morales series. Mm-hmm. This is another series on top of that. Um, but this is not really any different to uh, War of the Realms yeah, Journey into Mystery yeah, well, War of the these Realms these are all three part yeah. these are all three part series you know Absolute Carnage Scream Absolute Carnage Separation Anxiety so the the great thing about War of the Realms is you know if you're already you can, you, you can take collect the main title you know as you're doing you know and you can understand the story you know and then you get you know if you're collecting Avengers great it's in there you're collecting Thor it's in there but you don't miss anything if it's not but I just whenever it starts to look like they're just trying to squeeze money out of you I'm not mm-hmm. keen on it you know what I mean the but this event's half the size of War of the Realms you know War of the Realms has five parts Journey into Mystery it has mm. three parts Punisher it has um, three parts Uncanny X-Men and these are all separate titles so I'm hoping that like I agree that War of the Realms is a brilliantly done event but War of the Realms is something like 63 titles this is only 26 so it's, but it's not 63 extra titles it's, but there's a know, good four. There's a good for, thirty extra for, titles. For folks like me here already connect, connect, collecting Thor, yeah, and Thor Avengers, and Avengers. Then it's, it's but that's what Amazing yeah. Spider-Man and Venom is to this. I think Amazing Spider-Man is in it twice. Yeah, is in it twice. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. This yeah. this one basically works out to about two titles a week for three yeah. months. It's actually the exact same size as Dark Knight's Metal, like literally to to the issue. Um, but I mean, there's some interesting there's some interesting looking titles. The Lethal Protectors title. Uh, there's the core title, uh, which is the. Is it just because there's a versus Deadpool title in there? You're no, just there's a versus Deadpool <laughs> title and everything. Um, you know, so uh, there's the core title, which is four issues, and uh, we've got the many hosts of Carnage trade paperback, which will we'll go back at, uh, and let us know exactly who Carnage is. Lethal Protectors, so that's absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors, which is three issue by Frank Thierry. Um, and it looks like we've got uh, John Jameson. Uh, it looks like we've got Morbius. It looks like Cloak and Dagger and Iron Fist. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Iron Fist fan. I usually collect everything he's in, but I don't know. Um, Miles Morales, one of three. Salad and Ammon, who is writing the Miles Morales title at the minute, yeah. I think. Um, but again, it's not it's not the core Miles Morales title. It's something, there's another three issues on top of what I'm already collecting about <coughs> Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> Screen by Colin Bunn. Uh, Colin Bunn, great writer, obviously. He's uh, currently doing the Venom stuff for is, yeah. uh, War of the Realms. But uh, what else have we got here? Um, there's Absolute Carnage Avengers, Absolute Carnage Symbiote Spider Man, you know, which is not going to be. How are they, you know, Symbiote Spider Man, how are mm-hmm. they going to connect that title to the, you know, to, to it with a, with a, a separate You'll have to read shot. to find yeah. out. <laughs> Absolute Carnage Ghost Rider, Absolute Carnage Immortal Hulk. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it says Carnage targets every former symbiote host in this chaotic crossover. I would agree. It is a chaotic crossover. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the core title. See how we go. It's interesting. It's uh, so far pre-orders wise. I'd say it's fifty-fifty. We have half the people who just will collect the core title, and also they tend to be on Spider-Man and Venom yeah, anyway. Yeah. But I have another half who are just like get me everything because I don't want to miss anything. Mm. So it'll be um, it'll be curious to see how it reads in both ways because. I do agree with War of the Realms. I think it reads well, even if you're not reading all of it. Like it, it, it makes sense, you know. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got in in August we've got uh, House of X two and three by Hickman and uh, Powers of X or Power of Ten uh, two and three by Hickman. So I'm really looking forward to that. The big one this month for Marvel is Marvel Comics, the controversial Marvel Comics 1000. <laughs> the uh, nonsensical yeah. Marvel Comics 1000. Possibly, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, you know, I mean, we've got a list of creators. Um, we've seen the, the the social media yeah. last month going mad with these teams. Creative teams. Creators, Jason Aaron. Oh, you Kareem name, Abdul-Jabbar. name it their probably. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? What? And Joe Hill. Yeah. Daniel Akunas, Ahmed, Mike Allred, um, Joe Bennett, Doug Braithwaite, Ed Breeson, and Kurt Busiek. Tony Cates, yeah, Jim Chang, yeah, Chris, Chris Claremont. Yeah. You know, Kelly Sue DeConnick. T- Tom Taylor, Tim Sale, you know, Gordon Parlow. Francis Yu, Bradley Zerger, Jim Zub, and many more. Tom, yeah, absolutely. So, so I guess Marvel Comics 1000 is the core of their, their 80 year celebration. Um, in the celebration of Marvel's 80th anniversary, we have gathered together the greatest array of talent ever to be assembled. That's, I mean, looking at that list, that's quite that's it's a fair claim. Yeah, you wouldn't argue, really. Yeah, absolutely. Point, but um, it's a fair the, claim to a degree. But at what point does it become messy if you've got 80 pages and 80 well, different stories? Uh, the greatest array of talent ever to be assembled between the covers of a single comic book. Names from the past, from the present, and even from the future. Every page is filled with all new artwork from a cat. Cavalcade, that, that's Kieran's word. Curse Comics Cavalcade. Yeah, Cavalcade <laughs> of comic book luminaries. Uh, this is a mystery that threads through the Marvel Universe, one that has its orange in Marvel Comics number one, which unifies, which unites, sorry, a disparate array of heroes and villains throughout the decades. What is the Eternity Mask? What is the Eternity Mask? Who is responsible for the conspiracy to keep it hidden? And how, and what new player will make their startling debut as these secrets are peeled away, featuring the entirety of the Marvel Universe of characters? It's perfect bound. Um, it looks lovely. Uh, what we're seeing from it—that's oh, the cover. Creators. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably all get it. Um, 
Mm. I don't know what price it's going to be. Probably mm. that 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 was a roddy. Mm. Why, why is it one thousand? We still it? Well, that's show? the thing. That's the thing. We, I mean, we, we know exactly why it's one thousand. Detective hit one thousand. <laughs> Action Comics hit one thousand. I, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how they get to one thousand. It's weird because in all the press so far, they haven't specified why it's a thousand. Yeah. I think it should have just be called eighty years of Marvel comics. Yeah. Mm. I know? mean, is it a case of if they continue publishing Marvel comics? From number one mm-hmm. to now, would it be at one thousand? But you would think they would, yeah. You would think yeah, they would say that, or if it's a combination of like Marvel Comics presents titles, you know, they all equal a thousand, or you know, it's it's even being released in a way similar to Detective and Action One Thousand in that there's a forties variant, a fifties variant, a sixties oh, variant, a seventies right. variant, an eighties yeah. variant. I have no doubt the sheer wealth of talent in that is exceptional. I just wonder how it's going to read yeah, all yeah, together. With Detective, I thought it was a real masterclass because it was sort of six-page stories, ten-page yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. For them to incorporate this amount of talent in it, it has to be one-page story, surely? Yeah. You've got like 80 creative teams yeah. over 96 pages. Didn't Detective have the hook to get you into 1001 yeah. with uh, Arkham well, Knight? Well, yeah. well, 96 pages and it's 9.99, sorry. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I was expecting... Uh, like, do- UK or dollars, yeah. dollars? Okay. yeah. So what? Seven. It'll be like a nine pounder. Yeah, nine pound book. Yeah. Cool. So it's like, it's yeah. like the equivalent of an image trade. Yeah. I would say. I think it'll be something to buy and to have. I don't yeah. know if it's going to make any sort of sense. Um, all the variant covers in the world, as you might expect. There's a blank variant cover as well. Should you want that? Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. As you say, we're all going to get it. We're all going to read it. Yeah. Um. It's more curious though than excitement. I would say. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a collage a double page collage including um, some lovely DC art yes that's right yeah <laughs> there's a little uh, uh, page of um, two men kissing and it's actually been pulled from a DC comic because the uh, the artist who drew it put it up on Twitter saying so Marvel when did I get my monies for this <laughs> and pointed it out so uh, that was quite interesting I thought um, we've got Silver Surfer the Prodigal Son we talked last month about uh, the, the I guess the Prodigal Son is a it's going to be three parts isn't it yeah it is crossing across Fantastic Four Silver Surfer Guardians Guardians so second issue here uh, Silver Surfers uh, pitch into uh, that that's some cover tell me who has done that uh, the cover is by Miko Suyan um, so yeah continuing the Prodigal's journey home from Fantastic Four Prodigal Son number one the one individual who can aid him in accomplishing it is the Civil Surfer but Prodigal has a history with the Surfer witness I mean we're getting a retcon here this Prodigal guy is you know there's always a retcon witness knows we see the Surfer back when he was still the Herald of Galactus as Prodigal battles him to prevent Galactus from destroying an entire world because of his unending appetite okay <laughs> um, we've got Ghost Spider number one by Shannon Guire and Takeshi Maezawa. Um, I've not been a fan of Spider Gwen mm-hmm. up until now. She's now taken on the moniker of Ghost Spider, um, but she seems to now be making her way into the mainline Marvel universe. I guess this is probably uh, off the back of the Edge of Spider Verse comic yes, books. Yeah. You know, she was such a popular character. Uh, with a cloud of infamy hanging over her head on Earth 65, Gwen Stacy now travels to Earth 616, that's our Marvel Earth, uh, for superhero action. And school, the newest student at ESU is about to get a crash course in multiversity, as she splits her time between the world she loves and the world she's just getting to know. But what devious villain has his eyes on Gwen's travels? And is Gwen ready for what comes next? Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe pick up the first 
first issue. Looks interesting, I'd yeah. say. Looks really good. Um, I like the cover. Very cover by Joe Casada there is lovely. Yeah, um, yeah Joey Q. Gwen Pool, nope. Um, Agents of Atlas is an interesting one. Um, always been a sort of a pulpy sort of a mm-hmm. sort of a book. Um, Greg Pack, who we may remember from something in the previous books there. <laughs> Probably quite a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Running, Running Island, wasn't it? Well, yeah, also Planet and Hulk. And a few other things. Yeah. Uh, so, Agents of Atlas has been part of War of the Realms, and they're now back uh, with their own series, apparently by popular demand. Um, right. Greg Pack right. and Jeff Parker. Uh, Agents of Atlas debut in their own series as Amadeus Cho. Uh, that's Hulk. Another Hulk, for those of us who don't know. Silk, who uh, is, a, is, a, is a spider person. Amadeus Cho, was that one that was created by Greg Pak? Probably, yeah. Was that what wasn't Savage Hulk? Which Hulk was it? Uh, the awesome. Totally awesome, awesome Hulk. Totally person. awesome Hulk, yeah. That's uh-huh. it. So Amadeus Cho was like the seventh smartest person in the world and became Hulk. Uh, Shang-Chi, we have Jim. Can, can you name the six smarter ones? Nope. I'm sure Reed Richards is Reed in there. Reed Richards is on there. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Doom is on there. I'm pretty sure Tony Stark's on there. Sorry to tell you that. Um, <laughs> so, Legends of Atlas. Uh, Defend the cross Asian Pan portal city of Pan against the science magic threat of one of Marvel's classic villains. Um, don't know what's going on there. Might be interesting. Major X number zero by Rob Liefeld. I don't know why they need a number zero because I've read one and two. And uh, <laughs> that was my favorite part of our last reviews podcast. <laughs> but uh, Future Foundation's coming back. Uh, spinning out of uh, I guess Jonathan Hickman's. Fantastic Four mm-hmm. um, and then whenever Dan Slott took over obviously the Fantastic Four were off recreating the universe but whenever they did so they left behind the Future Foundation who were the I guess uh, nearly like a, a scout group or a, a, a school who were who were there with them uh, made up of um, Atlanteans and mutants and moloids and androids and uh, all sorts of things so they've been teasing the restarting of the Future Foundation again so they're out across the out across the universe, I think Tank of the most brilliant young minds in the universe with one mission, to find the pieces of and rebuild their friend Molecule Man, who was destroyed uh, at the start of Fantastic Four. Oh, Four. links together to Secret yeah. Wars. Secret uh, Wars again. Yeah. Back to Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So that I'm, I'm, that's by Jeremy Whitley and Will Robson. Um, Jeremy Whitley was Unstoppable Wasp. Will Robson is Great Lake as Avengers and Spawn. Cool. Uh, worries me a wee bit because Unstoppable Wasp is a wee bit kind of comedy mm-hmm. you know uh, Great Legs Avengers is kind of a wee bit of pastiche as well but uh, I'll pick up the first issue and see what the crack is there a lot of interesting number ones going on in Marvel not necessarily big number ones <coughs> but like a lot of little different stuff weren't they, really isn't this them going into their young guns sort of period where they yeah, yeah, try yeah, to yeah. promote new talent and give them some as you say maybe Titles where there's maybe less on the line, shall we say, yeah, give them a chance yeah. to prove themselves. That um, kind of thing. Parpack grow up number one. Parpack um, was uh, an eighties uh, group of superhero kids, uh, many of whom were new in the Future Foundation and so forth. Uh, interestingly, uh, I first became aware of Parpack through Secret Wars two, um, <laughs> but it looks like they've got a they've got a one shot um, about Parpack coming up here. Is that any relation? The writer on that, Louise Simonson, is that any relation to Walter Simonson? I have no Curious. idea. That's interesting. Uh, they were the creators of Parpack, Louise Simonson and June Brigman. So, yeah, um, pretty yeah. sure they're married. I think. 
Oh, look at this. More 2020 stuff. They've been teasing this longer than they've been releasing Doomsday yeah, Clock at this point. Exactly. I mean, Dan Slott. Dan Slott. No, they haven't. I think they might be. This has <laughs> been in every previews magazine for about the past no, 12 months. Three or four months. Monday. Monday. Clearly, as Daisy fan, your, uh, your, your perception of time and release schedule. Well, I mean, I know you're all about elastic time, but, you know. <laughs> elastic time when it comes to Doomsday Clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thor number sixteen oh, by yeah. Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mondo. It's it's is this going to be bittersweet for you? It's better. It's definitely bittersweet. It's a really really good way of putting it. Uh, the the covers classified and you have to think that that's just going to come out of the yeah. end of War of the Realms. It's coming off the back of War of the Realms and this is going to be the kickoff of Jason Aaron's final Thor story. So oh. after. After so long, was it six years? Oh yeah, it's... like two hundred fifty something. So when you say his swan song is out, gonna last like a year and a half. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, you know, it uh, says Thor has disappeared. That's all we can say without spoiling the epic Midgard shattering conclusion of War of the Realms. But trust us, you won't want to miss this issue, which is the kickoff of Jason Arson's final Thor story. So interesting. I mean, he's done wonders for Thor. Absolute wonders for Thor. So cool. Um. Immortal Hulk, they're releasing the director's cut of one and two, yeah, one, two six hours. Definitely something I'm very interested in. Um, Immortal Hulk, I think, has been a wonderful title. Beautiful. It's easily one of Marvel's strongest. Sells well in the store and trades. People just speak so highly of it. So it's interesting that they're releasing the first six issues in a director's cut. Normally, with director's cut, you'll get a number one. It'll be yeah. maybe all pencils instead of, you know, inked and colored. It'll be behind the scenes stuff. It'll be, you know, the script, comparison, sketches, that kind of thing. Yeah, sketches. But I find it interesting yeah. they're doing a full set of it, um, six in a row. So I think it might be a good one. Immortal Hulk's a weird one in a way in that the early issues have become so hard to get in terms of pricing. They've just gone through the roof. So I think if people want to collect like single issue versions of those first six, yeah. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Cool. Uh, Symbiote Spider-Man will be finishing in August. It's a five issue run. Uh, it's been a great been book. Very good so far. Um, Nick Spencer's, uh, he seems to be, Nick's, uh, on, on Amazing Spider-Man 27, 28, he seems to be um, moving towards, I guess he was, Nick Spencer was well known for his uh, superior foes of Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and I think he's really focusing on that by, from, the, from the covers. Uh, Boomerang and uh, Electro and White Rattle, yeah, so uh, would be finished hunted by then. And the countdown's on with Spider-Man as well, because I know that um, Marvel uh, brought across Patrick Gleason, who was a DC exclusive artist on Batman and Robin on Super Sons. His style will suit Spider-Man down to the ground, so when he was announced as doing amazing, they were going to, once he comes on board, I think he's going to alternate arcs with Ran Otley. Oh, right, okay. Cool. So, uh, brilliant artist. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, Gleason does with uh, with Spidey. Interesting that the artists on 27 and 28 is Kev Walker. But Otley on covers. Otley on covers, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, we've got Marvel Spider Man's Velocity number one of five. So, the, the current, this is set in the, 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 the Spider Man PS4 game universe. Gamer the current city, city at War, is it? Um, is a retelling, retelling of, of the story. So yeah. this seems to be an original story by by Dennis, well, the man who was formerly known as Dennis Hopeless, is Dennis Hopeless Hallam, um, and it seems to be the story behind the armored velocity suit of uh, Marvel Spider-Man's video game. 
So I don't know, maybe maybe yeah. grab it. I wasn't interested in the last yeah. one because it was a retelling. Yeah, I'm interested in the Del Auto variant. Oh cover. yeah, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, come on, that eight bit retro version is superior, <laughs> right there. And there's a variant cover by Adi Granov. Fantastic. Um, okay. Um, there's hey, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man Venom 3D number one polybagged reissue, uh, which is the cover that we were talking about for yeah, uh, spawn. spawn not so long ago. Mm, there's we'll a be, there's a bittersweet issue right there. We'll be hitting uh, issue six, as Alan refers to, of the real lifetime, the real time life story of Spider-Man, uh, which is life story by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. Uh, issue six will be set in 2019, and the 72 year old web slinger is about to embark on his final adventure. Uh, that this has been a fantastic book. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really. Sitting at issue three at the minute. So good, so good. Um, Speaking of so good, Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man ten yeah. and eleven. I presume that'll be. It's a monthly title, so it must be out. Issue ten will be the first week of the month, and then must be a five week month. Eleven will be out the last week of the month. I would imagine there. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're in a we're in the second arc then of a uh, friendly neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, sensational Spider Man uh, self improvement was one of Kieran's choices by yeah. Peter David. Uh, Rick Leonardi, Ron Friends. Rick Leonardi was the artist on Sleepwalker um, back in the day. Uh, in honor of Marvel's 80th anniversary, we've uncovered a hidden gem. Fan Randy Schuler submitted an idea of Spider Man donning a black suit before Secret Wars. But his story was never printed, so this is the where the, the idea of where the black suit came from yeah. was, was a fan. Um, so we tasked Spider-Man legends Peter David and Rick Leonardo to bring it to light. So they've taken the original story that the fan submitted, and which you know the concept then made it into Secret Wars, and you know, and they're rewriting the original story that was submitted by that fan by professional professional writer and professional <laughs> artist. So uh, yeah, wow, fantastic. Um. Acts of Evil, the villain swapping, uh, sort of, I guess, semi crossover we're doing. Silver Surfer Black will be an issue three of five. Yeah, it's interesting that that's popped up. Um, as I said, we're recording this on the Sunday this cur- coming week. Uh, new comic book day will have Silver Surfer Black number one hitting. Uh, Donny Cates and Trad Moore looks really psychedelic, really cool. Um, History of the Marvel Universe by Mark Wade and uh, Javier Rodriguez will be on issue two. I'm really looking forward to this. Really looking forward to seeing what it brings. Um, Fantastic Four number 13 by Dan Slott uh, I say he's, he's killing it on, on Tony Stark Iron Man and on Fantastic Four but uh, this is The Thing versus The Immortal Hulk Last Man Standing so The Thing and The Hulk have had a, a long time rivalry. rivalry and it's always fantastic whenever The Thing and The Hulk come together and, and fight you know certainly it has been in the past because The Thing is more of a thinking fighter whereas the Hulk was the Savage Hulk it's and he pure was just stronger but yeah. you know so what happens whenever the thing that we know and love uh, on his honeymoon because uh, he still hasn't managed his honeymoon <laughs> we got married two or three months ago and he still uh, meets the cold calculating immortal Hulk that's going to be something um, the clock is ticking down the moment is almost at hand that do or die instant where Ben Grimm will either find the will to win or be annihilated by the fighting mad Immortal Hulk it's going to be awesome really looking forward to that um, flicking through uh, Invisible Woman Daredevil uh, Jane Foster's Valkyrie will be on, on issue 2 Matthew Rosenberg still on on uh, Punisher 
Um, Long may he stay there. Yeah, and Mark Wade, the same on Doctor Strange. He's bloody fantastic on Doctor Strange. Really good. Um, so we're gonna we got a facsimile edition of X Factor eighty seven. X Factor is one of my favorite books of all time. Absolutely loved it. Whatever Peter David was doing it. Um, and this particular issue was was a classic, if I recall. It was whenever the members of X Factor sat down with a psychologist, and uh, you know, sort of got to the bottom of what made them who they are. Um, it's kind of close to my heart at the minute because I'm uh, watching Sopranos, uh, <laughs> you know, which is something, you know. But uh, get inside the heads of one of the most one of the most uncanny mutant teams of all, and this acclaimed classic from stellar creative team Peter David and Joe Casada, Havoc Polaris. Quicksilver, Wolfsbane, Multiple Man and Strong Guy, plus X-Factor's government liaison Val Cooper are all under the examination by superhero psychiatrist Doc Sampson, who we know and love from the Hulk. And revelations are hilarious, breathtaking, character-defining. Learn how frustrating it is for the super-fast Pietro Maximoff to live in a normal-paced world. Discover Guido Caracelo's, that's Strong Guy's, hidden pain. Explore Alex Summers' insecurities and join Rain Sigler in confronting her deepest feelings. Um, I got that at the time, but I might pick it up again. It's a really good book. Yeah. It's a really good. Uh, Peter David's fantastic. Um, something you want to know? We chat about. Yeah, Robin? this. Um, I know. Well, I I hear all the this shock uh, around the listeners. You know, <laughs> you just this. point out that Roddy has just picked up the Marvel previews book. Yeah, put it in front of himself. <laughs> so I actually have a Marvel title I want to discuss. Um, so. We were, it's kind of like a weird, witty, awkward title, but it's Conan the Barbarian, Exodus number one. Um, that is so, a one shot. Yeah, it's a one shot, um, written by Isad Ribbon. Written and drawn. Who is the artist? The of, artist uh, on the fantastic yeah, Conan the Barbarian, we, written we by Jason Aaron. Both yeah. absolutely loving. Um, so it's man versus nature in the never before told story of Conan's first journey from Samaria. So I think it's all going to be about, so Conan is leaving Samaria and he's off on his first adventure science class the art is utterly gorgeous yep yep um but really excited to see really excited to see what uh isad ribbit can do um so long long have the stories long have the stories told of conan who came from the frozen hills of his homeland sumeria to tread the jeweled thrones of earth in the hyborian age but now you you will witness the epic tale of a young barbarian's first journey from home from visionary creator isad ribbit so yeah, it sounds just something like a really special one shot. So it's a fifteen year old Conan picking up. Yeah. Yeah, so a young young Conan. A young very arrogant Conan probably. Yeah. Um, I wonder I mean I wonder will it focus on the art or will it certainly the preview pages don't have any, any uh, dialogue on it. Yeah. yeah, so I so wonder, you wonder but geez, I could just I could look at Isad Rubik's stuff all day. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. as you as you as you rightly <laughs> yeah. said, every panel and Conan you know, could be, you know, hung in the gallery. Yeah, yeah. Wall, yeah so. it's him, him, and uh, Stephanie Hans will be up there as my two yeah. favorite yeah. kind of artists at Big the moment. Step. Big step. Um, but yeah, definitely worth one. Definitely worth picking up. It's a one, one shot. You can't really go wrong. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, back to Keith now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just talking about, about the rest of it. <laughs> we're just talking about Esad Ribic. There it was. Um, I only recently read for the first time Silver Surfer Requiem four issue miniseries Isad did the art was J. Michael Straczynski wrote it and it's one of the best things I've ever read um, it was absolutely phenomenal it was 
it was a perfect marriage of what I was reading and what I was listening to because I was listening to the Blue Planet soundtrack by Hans Zimmer <laughs> and so much of Silver Surfer Requiem is in the stars and it's an yeah. exploratory title and uh, it was just perfection um, but just as you're saying there every page I would kill to get a page of original art from Silver Seriously? Surfer Requiem it is it, it's basically about uh, Silver Surfer coming to the end of his life mm-hmm. so the first issue is all about him dealing with that the second issue is him sort of saying his goodbyes to people on earth and then he's going to go back to his home planet the third issue he stops to um, sort out two warring factions like across the galaxy and then the fourth issue is him back at home um, it, it is amazing stuff um, I have to say so yeah art wise and Issa yeah. um, Rubik was the the artist on uh, the 2015 Secret Wars with Hickman writing um, he he was the artist on Jason Arm's first 25 issues of God of Thunder. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> absolutely. These are, these are things you need to you need to look at, you know. Um, did some cable stuff, second comedy. So if you needed another reason to recommend exactly. Jason Arm's <laughs> early <laughs> Thor stuff. <laughs> absolutely. So Savage Sword of Conan still taking over. Jim, Jim Zub's taking over from uh, Jerry Duggan at this yeah. stage. Star Wars Corner. All the Star Wars oh, things. Although there is one Star Wars oh. one that interests me for one specific reason. Tom Taylor, right? General Hux. Yep. Who's General Hux? General Hux is uh, one of the leaders of. Um, oh, was he the one that came after? Uh, uh, is a the new trilogy? Yeah. Uh, right, uh, no. Is what? <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Tom Taylor's writing a Star Wars title that has my attention. He's Donald Gleason in the film. Yes, yeah. that's that's exactly. Ah, uh, yes, that's yeah. him. Yeah, he was at the start of the first. That's Force of Wickets. Ah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, there's a couple of books. Um, well, look, there's. Look at that. There's Jason Aaron and Isad Rubik. Thor, oh, God of Thunder, The God Butcher, Marvel Select. Surprised yeah. you didn't want to highlight that book just before. What's that? Ditko is amazing. King size hardcover. <laughs> Stanley, Steve Ditko, Pencil by Steve. Yep. That's a beautiful very cover. Cool. Just very simple. Obviously, the lad logos and stuff to it, but December beautiful. December solicit. Yeah. Beautiful December cover. December solicit. Mm-hmm. Look, there you go. Mm-hmm. He said Rubik's all over the place. The art of Eastside Rubik. Love it. Trade paperback. Yeah, lovely. Fantastic. Um, there were a couple of things, I think, in the back here that I was kind of interested in. So we've got War of the Realms. War of the Realms will Starting be trading. Um, Dan Slot will be ter- trading Fantastic Four Volume 3, the Herald of Doom. That's, that's, that's an Eastside Rubik cover, but... Um, it was a great story where Doom uh, captured Galactus and uh, in uh, what do you call his bloody country Latveria mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know they used to use Galactus as a power source for yeah. Latveria and uh, that was fantastic uh, where were we the Immortal Hulk as far as trade 4 yep Venom uh, Unleashed Uncanny X-Men over in Cyclops can I find it? Avengers West Coast Epic Collection. Interesting. There were the sort of characters, the, the Avengers characters that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, <laughs> you know, Moon Knight's in there, and Wonder Man, and Tigra, Mockingbird. Um, yep. Oh, I think that was them. Uh, X Men Milestones trade paperbacks released in September. Uh, so, written by. Chris Claremont and Louis Simonson uh, we have the Extinction Agenda which is Extinction Agenda was interesting I mean as Alan as, as someone who was kind of interested in getting into X-Men you know mm-hmm. 
The history of X-Men, so Extinction Agenda was, I guess, the first time that the X-Men had been brought back together in a while. They were um, across the world and variously living in Australia and being, you know, this and that and the other. And Extinction Agenda brought them back together to the island, the mutant enslaving island nation of Genosha, um, you know, where, where mutants were being enslaved. And uh, so it brought, like, X Factor and the new X Men, the new mutants and the X Men together for a, for a great story by by Chris Claremont, and then there was Inferno, which was also by Chris Claremont and, and Louise Simonson, and it was a wee bit more supernatural. Limbo's demon lords um, corrupt two of the X Men nearest and dearest: Cyclops wife Madeline Pryor, who was a clone of the Jean Grey, the Goblin Queen, and uh, Alana Rasputin, who's Colossus' sister, and uh, start bringing. Uh, like limbo demons through in New York and possess New York and really really cool so two really uh, like seminal X-Men stories mm-hmm. uh, collected in two reasonably priced trade paperbacks um, I wonder if that'll be the start of a an ongoing label X-Men milestones it, it has been yeah it's, yeah. it's not the start it's oh, been, okay. been going for a wee while and there's Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman um, so worth worth grabbing you know that's the second volume of that but that is me for Marvel. Lovely. And there we go, which brings us on to the uh, DC stuff for this month. Um, as I say, I think DC have had a fairly few uh, lean months. I think there's been a lot of series coming to an end. There's been um, <clears throat> there's been a lot of series that uh, have been cancelled. Um, the Black Label thing's been a bit of a disaster, although it's starting to find its footing. But this this was the first previous book in a while I'd read that I felt really excited about a lot of the stuff in it. Um, kicks off with an issue, again, showcasing sometimes DC's lack of planning, but Batman Who Laughs originally solicited to be six issues. As, as, recently, <laughs> as recently as issue four, it said six issue miniseries on the cover. Yeah. But issue five says seven issue miniseries. Um, I'm not going to complain. I'll happily take more of this. If, That's if, good. That's if good. Snyder has more of a story to tell, this is one of the few Snyder yeah. titles Keith actually likes. Technically, it's an eight issue series because we had the Grim Knight. The Grim Knight one shot as well. So with this one, I do wonder... There is a part of me that wonders if this is actually going to be related to the first six issues in a way because this is being marketed as the explosive issue that leads directly into one of the titles I'll be talking about in a second. Is this a case of they've gone, we're doing a Batman Superman booklets? Yeah. I wonder if this is the connective tissue between the right, two. Okay. I wonder if the original story Snyder was going to tell is still within those six, but mm-hmm. then they've done a, a sort of branching issue. Who's on Batman and Superman? Uh, so Batman Superman is a really interesting title so as I say that was Batman Who Laughs 7 which will then lead to Batman Superman number 1 now I was speaking earlier about how uh, Marvel had poached Patrick Gleason from DC mm-hmm. well DC have poached David Marquez from Marvel mm-hmm. um, so he's worked on things like all new X-Men he worked on Ultimate Spider-Man he did Civil War 2 uh-huh. um, so this is actually his first title for DC as an artist but the writer on that is Joshua Williamson Joshua Williamson the soon to be longest <laughs> serving writer on any title uh, who is commanding the, the Flash the Flash storyline and that guy is an unsung hero yeah very much so Joshua Williamson we, we do champion him a little bit um, I love his indie stuff like Nailbiter and Birthright but DC wise yeah he's been killing it in the Flash mm-hmm. um, the recent year one stuff has been very strong Flash Wars was great just been very consistent all the way through I'm going to pick that up because of him yeah oh big time I think that's yeah. one of the big draws but yeah I do see in the middle of that there's a 
are these dual covers? Well, again, this is DC just being idiots because this should have been issue one and this should have been issue two. What I'm referring to, obviously, with this being an audio medium, there's a connecting cover. So essentially, this is going to come out of the Batman Who Laughs because he's going to be the main antagonist of this series. So that's why Batman Who Laughs connects. Connects to okay. this title. But the two covers, on one side you've got Batman, which looks like Gotham in the background, the bat signal, um, and then you've got Superman, who is much smaller. And then the right-hand side you've got what looks like Metropolis in the background, bright sunshine, blue skies, Daily Planet logo, and then it has Superman, Forefront, and Batman in the background. Now, I'm all for connecting covers, but this seems a bit of a cash grab to me because they're both cover A's. Um, you know what I'm maybe going to do? I'm going to ask you to order me the separate Lionel Francis U cover because yeah. he's a better artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, yeah. There's a Lionel U varying cover which is uh, the entire image is all in one cover. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to anybody who pre-orders the title. I will inform them of them. Um, I will inform them of this. Some people want both covers. Some people will just take whatever, but I will give people the options. So, um, you know, I know I'm going to end up getting both as well, which is why I hate DC for this reason. Uh, Year of the Villain's going to continue. Again, this is hard to talk about, I think, because it still hasn't launched. Year of the Villain's a very strange event to me. Um, it's one where they're talking about how it's up to you how many issues you buy and it's up to you which issues you take. Um, but it'll still make sense whether you read three of the titles or 30 of the titles. Um, it seems to be divided Kicked in... off in Justice League 25? 25 seems to be the start of it, yeah. Um, battle damage covers have to be the weirdest marketing ploy I've ever heard. What are yeah. battle damage covers? It's where the logo is being destroyed by whatever's happening on the cover. Oh, right. Okay. It's, it's kind of a cool effect, but I don't know if you need to showcase their battle that damage. That happens all the time. Yeah, so... But they are doing this beautiful range of um, cardstock variants. And they've got some serious talent on these. You've got Del Otto doing Batman 76. You've got Joshua Middleton on Batgirl and Aquaman. You've got Art Germ on Catwoman. You've got Yasmin Putri on The Flash. Um, there's Lucio Perillo on Justice League Odyssey. So these variant covers are, some of them are stunning. Do you think, do you think this uh, Year of the Villain thing it was an influencing factor on the whole Tom King Batman thing? I'm not too sure on that. Um, the whole Tom King Batman thing, we've talked a lot about in the, about it in the store. I still think something must have happened behind the scenes, personally. I, think, I don't think we'll find, we'll find out about it until, until quite down the line. far down the line, but and I certainly feel, my, my feeling is that Tom King has been screwed over because no more than a week before that announcement, he was still talking about his 100 issue run. Yeah. Yeah, so if something's happened at that con or... Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's a hard one to take as well because I'm sure we'll get into it in a review show but Batman 72, I don't know if you've read it yet but 72 was the most recent issue and it essentially oh, it collects I have read it. Yeah. everything yeah. and it's masterful storytelling yeah, is, and yeah. you're just like bittersweet about yeah. it because yeah. now they're cutting it short but. and now we've figured out what happened with uh, Skeet yeah yep. mm -hmm. um but yeah, anyway, moving through the book, uh, a little bit of a return for a DC legend here. Neil Adams is um, writing and drawing a six-issue miniseries, Batman vs. Raz or Raish, depending on your pronunciation, uh, Al Ghul. Neil Adams has always says it's Raish, but Batman again said Raz, so I stick with Raz, <laughs> personally. Um, Neil Adams is a funny one these days because you go back to his Dark Knight detective stuff, the 70s and 80s, he is unmatched. His stuff was incredible. He legitimized Batman as a dark character. Before that, it was all very campy and pulpy. And 
but some of his more recent output I have struggled badly with uh, he did a Dead Man series which was horrible he did Coming of the Superman which was not good um, I've tried reading Batman Odyssey about 10 times and I just can't get through it I mean sometimes you find that I mean with all due respect to the work that has gone before by, mm. by some of these visionaries you know that that, that that was their time oh absolutely you know and maybe they're yeah. you know they're just they're a name now and they're maybe yeah yeah, I guess it's like it's like rock bands, you know, doing legacy tours that really aren't up to. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I hold out a little bit of hope for that simply because of what's on the other page, which is um, DC seem to be following the route that Marvel certainly set the standards with so far with facsimile editions, and there's going to be one for Batman two three two. So Neil Adams created the character of Ra's al Ghul, so mm-hmm. that's why I've got hope for this. He understands right, okay. that character, so we'll we'll see. All right. Be a facsimile edition, um, Batman two three two. It'll be a very cheap way of getting that issue. It's sort of like a hundred to one hundred and twenty pound issue at the moment. Um, first appearance of Raz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curse of the White Knight will continue. Uh, we haven't that hasn't launched just yet. First issue is due in July, so really look forward to that. On the other page is one you're looking forward to. Oh yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, Wildcats number one by Warren Ellis. So currently we've got the Wildstorm mm-hmm. uh, book it's coming to its conclusion. Uh, coming to its conclusion this month, I believe. I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a great book. Um, it's been a reimagining of the Wildstorm universe, which included uh, Team Seven and Wetworks and Wildcats. And but Wildcats was the book that kicked off that universe. Now, whenever. Warren Ellis rebooted uh, the universe, I guess it was two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24 issues. There was supposed yeah. to be five series. Mm-hmm. So we've had Wildstorm, we've had Michael Cray. So I guess this is the third of those five series, if they're sticking to that plan. Yeah. And as you said earlier on, you know, DC have made plans and then gone meh. Yeah. You know, at the end Long of the form plans. Yeah, so uh, this looks to be an ongoing um, featuring the, 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 this. So certainly in the original um, telling, uh, you know that Wildstorm universe and authority and all of that, uh, Wildcats the the CAT cats stood for Covert Action Team, uh, but it was always Wildcats C dot A dot. Yeah, and they've just called it Wildcats here. So I don't know if that's you know so, and <laughs> in Warren Ellis's recent Wildstorm book, he quantified why they were called Wildcats because they were a Covert Action Team that weren't attached to any player mm-hmm. any uh, government or any corporation they were they seemed to be on their own they seemed to be for hire so they were in the wild uh, yeah so wildcat <laughs> yeah that was a wild covered action team um, was it Jim Lee who created wildcat Jim Lee created the wildstorm universe yeah yeah so uh, and grifter who is this, this character at the, the front I guess he, I mean the wildcat the, the wildstorm universe was very much a creation of the 90s like you know, it was all, you know, at the same time when, you know, a lot of those, uh, the creators from Image and all that, you know, yeah. so, but Grifter, he's this character that just wears this sort of mask, this tied mask around his face, fantastic character. These characters have been introduced in Wildstorm, reintroduced mm-hmm. in Wildstorm, so I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes, where this goes next. Um, the text, as I say, it's uh, written by Warren Ellis, uh, art by uh, Roman Villalobos, uh, covered by Jim Chung, which is that cover is beautiful. Uh, they have one job to save the human race from the human race, and it's going to kill them. From the pages of the Wildstorm, the the piratical, piratical being of pirate, piratical covert team made up of rogue specialists, extraterrestrial soldiers, and mad astronaut and a mad astronaut 
run by a tech muggle and uh, disguised alien king, <laughs> all here to stop us from destroying ourselves. Case in point, the secret space program, Skywatch, has been performing medical experiments on abducted innocents for decades, uh, which is referenced in the Wildstorm book. Uh, one of those experiments was about to explode, revealing a whole new world of uh, the battle for sanity that the Wildcats had been fighting. Uh, Wildcats thought their world was strange, but they're about to find out how strange and how, st- how highly the stakes really are. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm glad it's. I hadn't realised that they were going to continue on straight after Wildstorm, but clearly that's what's happening. So this is the next of War Analysis. Yep, good stuff. And I'm sure they'll be trading all of Wildstorm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be available in four trades, I believe, each one six issues mm-hmm. uh, at a time. So. Yeah, the next couple of issues are, are quite interesting to me. They're going to be attached to Year of the Villain, but whereas the Year of the Villain event seems to be running through the main titles, these ones are one-shots. Uh, the main one that caught my eye was Black Mask, Year of the Villain number one. Very underutilised character in the Bat universe, but this is uh, written by our good friend Tom Taylor, uh, art by Cully Hamner, and then Mitch Dreds is doing um, a variant cover as well. And as well as that, there's also a Sinestro Year of the Villain written by Mark Russell with art and cover by Brandon Peterson. So this will all be coming off the, I guess, this gifts idea yeah. that from Year of the Villain, the, the one shot, the free, the free yeah. comic book day. Came from yeah. the, the DC free comic book day Where stuff. Where Lex Luthor has dissolved his company and has given all his weapons and all his alien tech and whatnot to the worst villains of the DC universe. Yeah. So I guess this is where this is maybe coming from here yeah I mean the Black Mask one especially sounds interesting so Black Mask was one of Gotham's most ruthless crime lords he had money power and respect but after months in the Teen Titans secret prison Roman Sionis is finally free given a new purpose and new abilities thanks to Lex Luthor's offer he's found a new racket corporate crime not only pays better but it's far less dangerous at least until Batwoman discovers what he's up to and plans to put an end to Black Mask's latest power grab is Black Mask the same crime boss he's always been, or has time and a new approach made him something far more unstoppable than he's ever been? Again, these wee one-shots are 40 pages, so all self-contained, um, and again, anything Tom Taylor. Let's just jump straight on. Um, brings us to DC Black Label, um, with Superman Year 1, Issue 2. I don't know what my feelings are on this. It's a hard one to judge, because Issue 1 obviously is still not available at this point. Frank Miller is obviously responsible for some of the greatest comics of all time but those Frank Miller is responsible for the beginning of the modern age alongside Alan Moore mm-hmm. and uh, Neil Gaiman Neil Gaiman you know basically the British invasion at that yeah, time yeah, they, uh, Frank Miller was the lone American voice yeah yeah essentially. absolutely you know so there's and uh, yeah for, for the creation of the modern age but I mean recently his stuff has not been I mean it's varied I mean I enjoyed Dark Knight 3 but I think that Bran Azzarello who co-wrote with him reined them in a little bit because DK2 is not good mm. and Holy Terror was not good um, but then we've got John Romita Jr. on our that's the other thing I mean yeah. one of my personal favourites I think everyone around this table appreciates uh, John Romita Jr.'s art uh, this does look as if it's going to be magazine size Summer to Batman Damned <laughs> I don't mind that so much because at least I know that whereas with Batman Damned it arrived and we looked at it and went what is this <laughs> because the other black label title that's soaring at the moment is Batman Last Night and it's just normal comic size mm-hmm. but it's square bound and that to me is what it yep. should be yep. but by the same token if it gives Romina Jr. a bigger canvas to work with I have no problem with that mm. so we'll wait and see um, at the end of the day Frank Miller's always been accused of hating Superman you know he made him a government stooge in Dark Knight Returns and had Batman beat him up you know apparently this is his love letter to Superman so we'll, we'll wait and see but 
First one hasn't launched, so it's hard to judge what number two is going to be this like. This is a wee bit. Frank Miller's a wee bit squiffy in the political spectrum. It's weird though because squiffy. we we went to Comic Con last year. We were at a retailer event and there was a Batman panel and Frank Miller was on it. And I've always had this image in my head of Frank Miller as a grumpy old man who would just sit there and live off his past sort of accomplishments. But he was actually the most engaging, the funniest, and talked more than any other creator on the panel. Right. And this panel included John Romita Jr., it included Frank Quitely, and then it had Bran Azzarello on there. And he actually talked the most and was actively making jokes and engaging with the audience. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I Superman Year One, as we all know, Batman's my guy, but... I love a good Superman story, so I've, yeah, hopes are high, absolutely. but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, speaking of that facsimile, just a quick shout out because I know this is one Kieran was interested in House of Secrets 92, which is the first appearance of Swamp Thing. Oh, really? Um, yeah, written by Len Wein, art by Bernie Wrightson. You just can't go wrong there. I've um, heard the new Swamp Thing TV series is supposed to be awesome, but has also been cancelled. It wouldn't be like DC to shoot themselves in the foot again with it. Um, the first episode of Swamp Thing is excellent. Yeah, the brilliant. second one I haven't watched, but yeah, it's been culled from a 12 episode season one into a 10 episode limited series. Right. So, okay. Apparently, it's something to do with money. Um, I don't know, but yeah, we'll not talk about that. I'll start crying. Um, but yeah, something Keith just pointed out Titans Burning Rage, number one. Jan, Jan Jurgens. Yeah, Dan Jurgens on writing, uh, art by Scott Eaton and Wayne Fauché. Did you say that was. One of the stories that one of the Walmart stories. It does indeed look to be yeah. So this uh, similar to what we talked about before, Superman up in the sky and Batman Universe, uh-huh. which are collections of the Walmart hundred page specials that were only available in the states. So this one is these stories were originally published in Titans Giant number one and number two. Um, so this looks very much right up your alley, being a, a, a Titans fan. It looks very old school Titans. Uh, available to comic shops for the first time, Hawk and Dove lead ordinary citizens in an uprising against the rich, but former Doom Patrol member Mento is pulling their strings. It's up to the Titans to uncover his sinister purpose before someone gets killed. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be seven issues. How is that? So is that Dick Grayson, Robin, and Grayson Robin looks like Raven, Starfire, and Cyborg in there somewhere? He, Changeling. Yeah, so that could be that could be good as well. Cool. Uh, and then we're on to sort of the core titles now they all seem to be um, running through the uh, Year of the Villain stuff so you've got Action 1014 which I'm really loving at the moment although at the moment it's very geared towards Event Leviathan which launches this week looking forward to that Uh, Aquaman 51 again I think these Year of the Villain ones will be interesting ones for anybody who wants to try a character for the first time because they they essentially seem to be one shots Mm -hmm. um and to be honest, for example, just looking here at Batgirl 38, this might not have been something I was normally interested in, but I've just noticed there's a new writer on it, uh, Cecil Castellucci, who is the writer on Female Furies, which is excellent. Uh, okay, yeah. So I might give that a wee, a wee go myself. There's Batman Beyond, to my mind, one of DC's strongest titles, uh, yep. and one of its most underrated. Yeah, Lost Days continues, move over Robin, Batman has a new partner. Mm-hmm. So... Batman Beyond is something I think we talk about it every time I've never read any of it I don't mean Dad Jurgens is on it Rick Leonardi yeah it's, uh, Chris Samley on cover, cover art yeah. as well um, it's just it's one of those it's one of those titles that just sort of simmers underneath the whole time yeah. you know what I mean and it's just really good quality and it's really entertaining and uh, you know but it's not one of the big punchy yeah. sparkly yeah. you know what I mean please don't talk about sparkly and Batman <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, just interesting what you're saying there about you were thinking maybe that this whole year the villain thing was something to do with Tom Keane's 
imminent departure from Batman. I'm not sure that it is because City of Bane has always been his issue 75 marker. Yeah. yeah. And obviously Bane has been given these gifts, as you say, this offer from um, from Lex Luthor and is then utilising it to invade Gotham. So I I don't think it would have been. But then the other thing is that Tom King's story has been very much self-contained up until now. Yeah. You know, apart from crossing into Flash with the button. Yeah. And Heroes in Crisis. You know, so I wonder, like, I just... But although I don't want to, I always hate looking at spoilers ahead for Batman. But just one sentence there caught my eye, which is, "Flashpoint Batman is now patrolling the city, dispensing a violent brand of justice, and taking out rogue villains who haven't yet signed on with Bane." That sounds pretty wonderful to me. I love Flashpoint Batman. So, uh, of course, Thomas Wayne, Batman and the Outsiders looks like Raz Al Ghul's coming into that uh, first issue. I thought it was okay. I'll give the second issue a whirl and then decide. Obviously, Brian Hill, you were talking about Roddy yeah, from writing yeah. American Carnage on that one. Um, so we'll wait and see. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, issue 4. That's going to be six issues. Uh, a little bit of DC Vertigo Sandman Universe stuff. Your boy's back. On oh, Catwoman. There he is. Yeah. Ram V. Good man. On, uh, on Catwoman. Arguably wrote the best Catwoman issue so far. Number nine. Yeah. That we one shot heist issue, which was excellent. Um, I wonder if this is Ram V on it for a while. It doesn't seem to be a one shot, so I'll be curious to see. Um, but yeah, that that issue that he wrote before was excellent. Uh, Collapser, that's a young animal title that's yet to launch. Uh, Deceased number four. Two issues in now. Issue two was just ridiculously great. Um, again, we'll go into spoilers in case you guys haven't read it or people yeah, listening haven't. But I loved with Deceased, it's just no holds barred. It's it's not going to affect any other title. Well, I mean, that's why I'm enjoying it. I think yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's great, but it's, and it's Tom Taylor. Yeah. It's also kind of a wee bit throwaway. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, almost, yeah. it's almost like a what-if event or something it like that, a, you know? Yeah, and yeah. with certain things that happened in issue two, it just really is yeah. like a case of, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not holding back here. Unbelievably great uh, variant cover for the Joker there. <laughs> Uh, I quite like the Final Destination uh, yeah, with the Titans. <laughs> it's just I think the key word for this and it's a weird one to use for such a violent title but it's just it's fun it is fun you know? it is fun yeah. um, and, and the same way as Marvel Zombies was yeah. just fun it wasn't going to affect anything else yeah uh, so continuing not on not that things that affect anything else are not fun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just continue on through the book Deathstroke Dalich for Hero well, just a quick shout out for Detective Comics. I think it's been pretty great since issue 1000 launched. Yeah, Arkham, Arkham, Arkham Knight. Knight stuff. Uh, by the look of it, it's going to be Mr. Freeze coming into it around 1009. Mm-hmm. Tomasi's still writing, which makes me very happy. I think yep. one of the most underrated Batman writers. Um, new Doom Patrol series will be on issue 2, Weight of the Worlds. Um, the TV show's been re- very well received. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally watched nope, it. No, uh, we'll get to that at some point, um, I'm sure. That Freedom Fighters has been... I've been hearing great things about it. Yeah, Robert Vendetti on that. Another uh, underrated writer for DC. Did a really great run on the Flash at one point and on Green Lantern, I believe it was. Right. Um, Freedom Fighters, yeah, it's a 12-issue mini, uh, mini maxi-series, I suppose I should say. Um, the Freedom Fighters have set their sights on an endgame with the fascist regime of Hitler II. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, and then just on the opposite page is Event Leviathan, which again kicks off this week, which I'm I'm genuinely looking mm-hmm. forward to. I think that's going to be good. Flash, there we go, again talking about our unsung hero, um, Joshua Williamson. Joshua Williamson. 
Is that uh, will Flash Year One be finished by that? It will, yeah. Seventy six has Death of the Speed Force begins. So I guess maybe seventy five is the end of Year One. Yep. yep. It even references that. It says with renewed resolve following the events of Flash Year right. One. So cool. that'll be a jumping on point. Green Lantern continues to be exceptional. Twelve issues, so we're two from the yep. possible end. Number or are we? I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. It's it's so so good. Uh, Harley Quinn. Be honest, couldn't care less. Uh, Hawkman, I've heard really good stuff about. Again, it's not one I'm reading myself, but again, Robert Venditti on it. Um, there's a couple of guys have that in their pools that speak very, very highly of it. Um, there's your favorite title, Keith Scott Justice Schneider's League. Justice League. Sigh. I thought 25 was great. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, 25 was great. I'm going to guess right. Um, the whole the whole story was great. Um, there are the two stories in it. Yeah. Uh, sort of the end of one arc and the start of a new one but I thought it was actually really good there were some great heroic moments some great Superman moments in it there was one beautiful splash page in particular that came to mind sort of three generations shall we say but it was was awesome Um, Justice League Dark again continues to be one of DC's strongest Uh, Lois Lane won't have launched just yet as we're recording here but I'm curious about that just for Greg Rucka Um, great writer Uh, Martian Manhunter continues any of you guys read Martian Manhunter? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's just so yeah. weird. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it really does stand on its own as um, nothing else. Um, this looks like to be a bittersweet one for Keith. It's still, yes. it's still Rick Grayson, but, but the talons are coming into it. Right. So I kind of hope this is going to be the end of Rick Grayson <laughs> and Dick Grayson reclaiming things. Um, Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah, because um, obviously, again, you haven't read Court of Owls yeah, just I'm yet, but, with, I'm familiar with, with but the lore is that Dick Grayson was tapped was, to become a talent. Yeah, supposed to be a talent, and yeah. there was a lot of stuff in metal with it. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, Shazam continues pretty great so far with Jeff Johns, a title that he launches on time. Um, Superman, I don't read Superman, so I don't know if it's good or not. Superman's or, great. Yeah, Superman's fantastic. That's been the, the whole uh, thing with up until now anyway it's been the whole thing with uh, Jor-El and John and it's, it's a great book it's a great yeah. book yeah. this one will be the, uh, the link into Year of the Villain um, again Ben is still on writing duties Ivan Rice on art duties again another Superman spin-off title that Hasn't normally I yet. normally I wouldn't maybe be that interested in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen but my fraction writing actually has my attention mm-hmm. so I'll give the first couple issues of that a go um, Wonder Woman stuff at the end the Terrific seems to be the last one standing for uh, the uh, New Age of Heroes stuff that DC launched out of metal. Silencer's done by now. Silencer finishes at 18. Um, Young Justice continuing there. Young Justice sells well, and I hear good stuff. And then again, we're at the back of the DC stuff, the uh, Batman Universe Superman up in the sky stuff, um, the Walmart specials. Um, again, I'm curious to read both of those. Bendis writing Batman, I'm very curious about, and Tom Kane writing Superman, same thing. And Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti writing Wonder Woman. Um, so yeah, that's all the singles in the DC book. You've got a few trades. You've got Batman Volume 10, Nightmares uh, coming through. You've got an absolute classic there being put into an absolute edition. Oh. Uh, New Frontier. One of my favourite books. Wonderful book. Yeah. Uh, Darwin Cook writing and drawing. Um, beautiful throwback story. So it is. Um, 
New Frontier is set in the 1950s. Um, Cold War paranoia outlawed the mystery men of the Golden Age. Stalwarts, including Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman, continued to fight for truth and justice. But as the world hurtled towards an uncertain future, it would take a new breed of hero to redefine the American way. DC The New Frontier takes readers on an epic journey from the end of the Golden Age of Heroes to the beginnings of the legendary Justice League of America. Uh, this edition is going to include supplementary material and also collects issues Justice League New Frontier Special and the story Triangulation from Solo Number 5. I agree with you, Ronnie. That's a, that's a wonderful book. Yeah. Wonderful book. Um, what else we got? Uh, we've got the first Detective Comics, Post 1000 trade being collected we've got batman who laughs trade being collected the same month as the last so, issue it's interesting batman who laughs is that one to seven or is that one it's going to be one to seven and the batman who laughs grim knight so yeah, okay that's a 232 pager um new edition of one of the single greatest batman stories ever written hush. uh jeff Loeb's hush with art by jim lee it includes a brand new cover by jim lee um, telling joke again Killing Joke Deluxe Edition Hardcover New Edition this must be another thing that you know writes revert to Alan Moore or something unless they keep printing ones out um, there is a new Deluxe Edition come of Crisis and Infinite Earths mm-hmm. 35th anniversary celebration <laughs> yep absolutely I'm sure that will be uh, a future book club one just so we can compare yeah, and sure. contrast yeah, sure, for sure so we can compare and contrast yeah. 84 mm-hmm. 84 well, I mean 83 was a better year but you know yeah, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final Crisis Omnibus. Uh, I've read it five times. Still don't understand it. All the crises. Uh, Heroes in Crisis is being released. It seems to be two trades for this. Um, they're actually two hardcovers. So at least hopefully they're the same size. Yeah, they're- uh, so you've got Heroes in Crisis, The Price, and Other Tales, which will have the four-issue miniseries with Batman and Flash 64-65 but it also includes the Flash Annual number 2 and Green Arrow 45 and 48 to 50 do you remember Green Arrow 45 it was burning that was the uh, the funeral for Arsenal it was a great great issue actually Uh, so yeah that'll 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 include the Flash War stuff really yeah so if you missed out on Heroes in Crisis you've got that coming Um, yeah a couple of other trades here and there but I think uh, we might be pretty much at the end there another edition of Watchmen just in case you haven't read the greatest graphic novel of all time Um, and then a few statues bits and bobs uh, a few action figures which no doubt they'll cancel in three months uh, much like Roddy's belated Lucha figures figures. (laughs) lovely and that That brings an end to previews June for August releases and if uh, how would one acquire these books if they wanted so first of all what we should always say and we say in every podcast but the previews books are always in store they're always up at the counter everyone is free to flick through them themselves come in grab a wee coffee take a bit of time obviously we can only point out the things that appeal to us but there will be stuff that appeals to other people so it's it's best to get your hands on the previews books and um, have a flick through them yourselves I think you get previews online as well can you? previews are online yeah. yep um, so yeah I mean if there's any titles that appeal to you you can call into the store and have a chat you can message us through Facebook Messenger um, I mean it's always best just to pop your head in and you know pull lists are one of those things that you know if you've ever anything you want to take off a pull list for example it's not a problem just come in let us know come straight off um, you want to add new stuff same thing um, but the cutoff date I believe is Friday the what if I just passed there so we're on Sunday the 9th of June so Friday the 7th so Friday the 21st of June will be the cutoff which is my birthday which oh. is Roddy's birthday so. he is 41 <laughs> 
32. I just say that because you're the young pup of the three of us. Yeah, that's you know? it. That's it. And I believe Mr. Miller, just as I said, 41. <laughs> Mr. Miller did indeed just pass that landmark. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a little while before I hit, hit my late 30s even more. Uh, it's not until next year. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, as I say, it, it couldn't be easier if any of these titles appeal to you guys. Just pop in the shop or, or drop us a Facebook uh, message. As well as obviously the podcast that's going through it. I'll put stuff up through social media all the time. Titles we've highlighted, you can comment on those um, as well. Um, so yeah, that is previews June 2019 for August releases. Brilliant. Unless there is anything to add, gentlemen. Not at all, I think. Bold a shot. Where can people find you on Twitter I guess we always have to add that stuff in just in case yeah I probably should just do a generic recording to add to the end Um, yeah I mean you can follow us on social media just follow um, Coffee and Heroes um, on Facebook we're at Coffee Heroes 1 on uh, Twitter at Coffee and Heroes on Instagram um, and then with the podcast obviously you find somewhere listening to it if you're hearing this <laughs> but you should be able to find it everywhere you know it's on iTunes it's on SoundCloud it's on Podkicker um, I'm currently setting it up so it's on Spotify as well um, awesome. so we want to obviously have the reach as, as uh, wide as possible we did interestingly look at some of the um, some of the statistics uh, recently yeah. we have some listeners in some strange places so yeah. we want to throw a shout out to them so uh, shout out to our listeners in Glasgow and our <laughs> listeners in the States and in Australia and in Australia really? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. worldwide thank yeah thank you very much it might literally be one person but <laughs> they, they don't sound like that strange though. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the best thing you can do is if you're if you're listening the best thing you can actually do is not ever go listen to three iTunes but the best thing you can do is to rate and like and subscribe on, on iTunes yeah. because yeah. it shoots us up the gets us noticed it does indeed so um, yeah yeah. so pleasure as always gentlemen thank you very much that brings an end to the previous podcast see you next time see you later bye bye